0: Another week, another rebellion. And we here at the Reckless Rebellion are diving into the Skywalker saga rewatch, starting with everyone's favorite movie of all time, Star Wars, The Phantom Menace. There's no fandom menace here except for David. We'll see you after the jump. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Kenobi!
1: Rebellions are built on hope.
2: You are part of the Rebel Alliance and the Traitor
0: i can bring you in warm or i can bring you in cold never tell me the odds
1: well done
0: you're a rebel now hello there rebels welcome to reckless rebellion the podcast with enough chaotic energy to fuel a death star i'm your host electrifying force sensitive that toes the line of balance thomas carter rochester and i am joined by the greatest minds the rebellion has to offer Up first, Scarif Native and Anakin's favorite youngling. Oh, excuse me. He's a Padawan now. Jack Sunville Hughes. This is so
3: weird that I'm going first. I'm so used to Klein. I was like typing in the notes right now. I'm like, oh, shit, it's me. Uh, Yeah, how's it (laughs) going, everybody? Let's talk about Star Wars.
0: Hater of animation, master of sticky fingers, and the new co-host of the direct podcast, David the Box Office Thompson. Mitasa Jobasa. Are you an angel? Are you a hater a of an animations? Angel? Padawan, a guardian of the galaxy and the original co-host of the direct podcast. Mad-Ramkin! I'm not a
2: slave. I'm a person. My name is Anakin.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Says it exactly like that. That's exactly same. Way.
0: That's that was a perfect impression. Great impression. a 100 out of 10, honestly. Uh, beautiful. We not are recording. It's, it's really not Just
2: It's great to be here, guys. Thank you so much for
0: having me. Oh, of course, brother. It's always great to have you. I feel like we just talked the other day. We are recording on June 30th, 2022, which means, guess what? It's not Kenobi. What are we supposed to do? All right, We're going to talk The Phantom Menace in our... Supreme leading topic. Oh, yeah. And we will cover the latest in Kenobi news in the Rebel Report. But before all of that, let's check in with the smartest execute order 75% of this podcast. Fellas, how are you faring in your part of the galaxy? We'll go with Matt. He's in the coldest place, <laughs> I guess. I'm used to going to Hoth first. I know. Hoth, I know, right? Hoth report first.
4: We're <laughs> We're doing without well Klein. Klein, we have no idea how to even act. You take Klein out of the equation, it all
2: everything falls apart.
0: He's the layout of the show.
2: Absolutely. I'm <laughs> doing well today, guys. The uh, uh, Colorado Avalanche are your Stanley Cup champions, and the parade was today.
1: good time
2: and uh yeah just uh ready um i was telling thomas earlier i'm going to dinner later and aaron's cousin is making something called bratwurst sliders and Mm -hmm. i don't think i could be more excited those are two great words that sounds amazing right
4: i really want to just know what that's gonna look
2: like i know that's what me and thomas were talking about what is that (laughs) (laughs) what is it i I can um, imagine the 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 taste more Yeah, and then to like put it on the bun. Very excited. I'll I'll make sure to report back, send you guys a message inside of the droid, so you guys can check out what the Mm -hmm. uh, sliders are. We'll add (laughs) it to next week. you're not going to remember that droid from uh, 20 years ago when we had all these crazy adventures and he was a war hero. No, we won't remember that.
0: (laughs) I have so much to say about that, but we'll move it on. (laughs) How are you doing, Jacksonville Pews? I'm great. It's
3: I literally just watched this movie that we're about to talk about. Like just got done watching it. It was interesting to say the least. Uh, Work's been going well. I'm honestly just kind of here. I'm so out of my comfort zone right now. I'm recording in my room, which I never do. I'm on my phone recording this. No headphones. I am all out of sorts, but I'm ready to do it with you guys.
0: You're bringing the reckless to the rebellion this week. Hey. No, nah, thank you. <laughs> Big Daddy David, how you doing
4: down oh, there in Melbourne? Oh, I'm doing swell. Uh, just been kind of hanging out the last few days, trying to go to the gym more, do stuff like that. Uh, you know, stopped one of my podcasts, joined this other random one called The Direct Podcast. <laughs> little, little little things going on in life, you know, chatting with Matt occasionally. So, uh, yeah, I- I'm doing well, having to be here. Honestly, I pushed off watching Phantom Menace days until today. And when I sat down to watch it, I'm like, no. <laughs> we're going into this right now. Oh, bam! We're, <laughs> we're just, just gonna, gonna jump to it.
0: Supreme leading topic.
1: Oh yeah. Oh a sound drop. Yeah. Oh,
4: I yeah. have <laughs> to I have to get this out of the way. The worst <laughs> scroll of all oh, time. Gross. How how the hell did people in nineteen ninety-nine not walk into the theater opening night, sit down, it starts scrolling, and you're just like, what What are they talking about? The taxation and the trade federation. There's like no soul to it. There's no heart. It's like, what's going on? Why is this Star Wars all of a sudden? And there's, oh, but two Jedi Knights are going over to check it out. All right, here we go. <laughs> uh, I, I, It blows my mind how bad that scroll is every single time. And it just like, it just propels me into this movie in a very negative way that makes me
2: very upset. If David's going to go, I'm going to go, okay? So, here's the thing, here's the thing. First off, this movie could have been a scroll. <laughs> you know, like like this whole yeah. movie could have been a scroll. <laughs> and I think we all would have been okay with it, but it's not the worst scroll, guys. It's not the worst scroll. It's the second worst scroll because we got to remember there is an existing scroll made in the past 5 years that begins with the dead speak <laughs> and and then we get that movie so i say this is the second worst scroll officially Mm, but mm. at the end of the day this movie should have been a scroll which makes this scroll totally (laughs) (laughs) wrong oh my
4: gosh yeah so jumping right off with just just the scroll uh nitpicks just have to get it out of the way I, i i had to get it out of the way watching the movie i'm like oh my gosh i always forget like this is this was the new trilogy and this how we started started off at least like force awakens Amazing scroll, like very amazing cool. oh, yeah. scroll. Starts off a new trilogy, gets you yeah, Luke Skywalker's fancy gets you into it. This one's like okay. Once it once the movie starts, you're like you get a little more into it because you see the Jedi and stuff like that.
3: But man, do I hate the scroll. Give me scroll thoughts, Jack. Yeah, going off of that. Look, I'm someone who's really into politics. I got my minor in political science. It's very interesting to me. I I try to keep up with the political world, but these days I don't really want to. Um, so the idea of putting some politics into the scroll is interesting. Yeah. But my god, like I have trouble reading it and I just graduated from college. Like what what are we doing here? I, I think it's tough. You know, as far as I know from what I heard, the original scroll in Star Wars 77 was rewritten by a bunch of people or maybe just one person. I think it was Brian De Palma and it was a lot of people. It was a lot of people. Okay, yeah. It was I'm not surprised and I think George Lucas just had come control over this one and it shows uh but Matt that might be the greatest comment about this movie we'll have tonight this movie should have been a scroll perfect 1000
2: percent obi-wan has lost his master Qui-Gon Jinn and we start there you
3: know what I mean
2: like but Thomas the scroll I mean we started there what what are your thoughts on the scroll we're all establishing where we stayed on the movie DC <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I uh I'm not gonna lie I, I, the only thing that makes this scroll good is me doing my impression when I read it <laughs> Yeah. That, hey, that's, <laughs> it's, it's that's really fair. not good. It's really not good. I read it and I don't even have to read it because I'm like, oh, yeah, it's going to talk about taxes and then it's going to end with the ambassador of the chancellor supreme. Blubbity, blah, bloop, blah blah, blah, blah blah And it's like two Jedi Knights, the guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy. Like, that's all you need to know. There's two Jedi going to a almost death star. To quite literally talk to somebody.
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah just the
2: talk. we're gonna go talk
1: to <laughs> negotiate
2: ah oh, the negotiator
1: yeah
4: <laughs> and that's what honestly like i want to bring up the scroll because it just sets the tone for the entire movie this weird balance of these like the senate and these politics and the trade federation and this intergalactic like government and then oogity-boogity-woogity, Misa, Lisa, whatever, and and Roger, Roger, it's like, none of it, this movie just doesn't add up. Like, I think Attack of the Clones is my least favorite Star Wars movie. This one today, there's moments where it's like, this is great, but it was making me vehemently mad watching it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just hate this. Especially the first, like, I don't know, 45 minutes. minutes. I yeah. don't know. Like, you just keep going along this. And you're like, dude, what is the point of any of this shit? Even just, like, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan going through these dro- like these droids. Like, this is not that fun to watch, especially compared to, like, yeah. lightsaber fights we get these days. Like, there's no stakes. They're just swinging these things around. It's way too easy. I don't know. I'm going to
3: jump off of that real quick, David, because yeah. it's the summary of my thoughts on this movie as a whole George Lucas just made some wild choices. And one of those wild choices is that if you watch the behind the scenes, he's explaining to Steven Spielberg, perhaps the greatest director of all time, he's explaining the new construction of these droids. He's like, these are basically the new stormtroopers. And he's like, you know, Jedi just really cut them down. You know, they're not really anything. They're kind of useless. And I'm like, you chose to make them useless? Like, that takes away, like you said, David, all the stakes. There's just there's no point to it. It's and like you said, it's boring, Matt. What do you think about this?
2: Well, I off that point, you know, if we're doing free swim, I do want to go off that point real quick. I kind of like the idea of these droids being disposable because the idea is volume, right? Like, like the idea behind this army is we have more than you. And, and that's why later on, we got to go to humans. You know, the droids weren't good enough. You know, we had a lot of them, but it wasn't good enough. Like, um, what are the devil dogs called? in Infinity war, do we know the name uh, Dude? I have oh. no idea. Didn't we know the name Something the name of the something of the name of the like the idea of those, like, you know, faceless monsters, they have so many of them. And that's right. kind of the overwhelming aspect of it. But it's just the issue is, cool idea, but you displayed them in such a way that, like, it wasn't interesting to watch them cut it down. As, you know, yeah. just of that to Thor coming off um, for Immigrant Song. In Ragnarok, he just blows through those guys like they're paper. But it's interesting to watch, and that's kind of where the difference lies. Um, and that's kind of where a lot of this movie is—is is like the ideas are cool, and like you know the the outline of this movie is dope as hell, right? But oh, yeah. it's just the the abundance of decisions, like you said, Jack, that George Lucas makes. I will forgive that this movie is for kids. I will forgive the CGI woes because it was made in 1998 and all these different things. It's a love-hate thing, right? Cuz like mm-hmm. from a quality perspective, like quality, <clears throat> watching this movie front to back, is it good? No. No, right? And and are there a few egregious decisions that get made? Yes. But here's the thing. I feel weird about this. I feel like I'm lower than anybody on this movie. It is by far my favorite prequel movie. It is, by far, it is by far <laughs> one of, if not the most iconic Star Wars movies, specifically for me. I was born in the great year of 1994, the year of our Lord George Michael. And I got to see this movie in theaters. I was five. It was awesome. Yes. The toys, the merchandise, the video games, for the love of God, the video games that this movie produced. This movie, good, bad, ugly, terrible, iconic. Truly, think about how much we all just talked about how bad the scroll of this movie is. <laughs> we know every sound effect. We know every quote. We know every little thing about this movie because it really was, especially for people mine and Thomas's age, iconic we were you we were the target audience this is tattooed in our brains for a reason and for that as bad as it is and i cannot wait to talk about the egregiousness of it this movie is my favorite prequel simply because it is what i feel the most nostalgia with and Uh it has that iconic feel it is star wars in so many different ways it's just bad star wars and there's plenty of bad star wars
0: yeah that's true Uh I love that, Matt. You are absolutely, I love, I think you, let me rephrase that. You and I are the only people that will, might ever be on this podcast that have seen The Phantom Menace in right. theaters as our first Star Wars movie. My first movie ever.
2: Like, I was probably oh, the youngest yeah. group of people to go to the theaters and see this. I was five, right? Because, like, yeah. that's it. But it yeah. was such a kid's movie, my parents were like, yeah, let's go do it. It's
0: just a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But It really is just it's a just cartoon. just PG, too. hmm yeah that's back when yeah i uh i love this movie i don't want to say it's good i that's my entire argument that's what david and i are going to get into a very very (laughs) reckless debate later I, i don't think the movie's good but the love that i have for it and the love for the sequences i love just boosted up so high um this movie genuinely changed my life like i love star wars right like i saw the first three oh god not too long before i saw this movie honestly i i think uh i was came out in 99. I watched it when I was 7. I would have been 7 in 99 when it came out. So I watched I yeah, would have just <laughs> watched them. I just watched them and we go in and my dad is like really excited to take me to the theater, which is awesome cuz he never took me to the theater, right? I mean, I was only 8, so that's kind of expected. And we go in and it starts and I'm just like, "Wow." Wow, it's so cool, it's so big on the big screen, and the droids are kind of annoying, but, oh, look, Jar Jar Binks, he's hilarious. And then I grew up and kind of look at him as a racial stereotype, along with the Gungans, or not the Gungans, uh, well, yeah, the Gungans, but the- uh, Viscoyne. Tra- the <laughs> Nemo- The Nemoidian. By the way, yeah, if you yeah. want to speak like a Nemoidian, smile and don't show your teeth and talk that way. It's, it's the trick of the trade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it makes me really, really, really angry when I watch this as like an adult, just because I'm like, oh, like, do we really want to make I'm not going to get into it. I, I love parts <laughs> of this movie. I don't want to shit on this movie too much uh, for like decisions that George made, because it- it's George. Like, I kind of expect it for him to just make a wild sweeping idea and sure. then. Not be able to direct everybody to get to the finish line in the way that he's envisioning. Um, we love you, George Lucas. I know you're listening. Um, shout out, come on the pod. We'll accept you anytime, man. But George Lucas, <laughs> yeah, he's totally listening. He knows. Does he, he does. do
2: media or interviews ever? What's last time George Lucas was on TV? <laughs> Seriously, like <laughs> my life. Life, huh? I've never seen an interview with George Lucas from this decade. Uh, or century I, was that deep fake on youtube there's that deepfake. oh my god the deep fake is the greatest <laughs> thing
0: that. Uh, but i genuinely still love this movie for a lot of reasons and when i say that i can be on my phone and listen to this movie and know it's happening it's because i've seen it so many times i can't count the amount of times and the it sucked me in so deep into star wars that I turned every stick into a lightsaber. I got a Kenobi, original episode one, Obi-Wan Kenobi lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And the things that I tried to destroy with that and the lightsaber didn't break yeah. is a testament to <laughs> what they were building in the late 90s for toys.
2: You ever get your finger caught in the slot where they fold into each other? It'll take mm-hmm. your finger clean off. It really will. <laughs> like, like that. that plastic was sharp.
5: Yeah,
4: sharp, sharp. I I remember having Obi Wan and Qui Gon's and yeah. swinging those things around and not having Darth Mauls and always wanting it, but it being too yeah, expensive. I think. So much mm-hmm. more expensive. Yeah, the Darth yeah. Maul one I, I remember being like not even like wasn't a thing. You go in a Target 100%. in the toy section, you're oh. seeing the Obi Wan and the and the Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader and all this, and then it's like, where's the mall? It's just not there. Either the shelf's empty or it costs like a billion dollars that there's no way your mom's gonna <laughs> buy it for you.
2: My cousin had one. I haven't talked to him since.
4: Matt, <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Matt, Matt brings up a really good point earlier about how this movie to me, and I was born in 98. This movie to me is the video games, the yes. little like picture books, the merch, the toys. Mm. That is what this movie like is to me. The VHS mm. tape that I would turn on and watch. And I have Burn no through. idea what the scroll is saying, but be like, lightsabers. Yep. And like, <laughs> And that was it, right? Because in pod racing, pod racing specifically out of this movie. Like I think as adults, we appreciate uh, Duel the Fates the most in this movie. But as a kid, it is all about pod racing. And I pointed out uh, in the chat earlier that when I was watching it, I'm like, they spend so much time on this pod rat racing race. Like it, they, they dive into like how it's this whole big event and Tatooine, they set up like all the characters Ooh, and they you? take they take forever on the actual race. I mean, it's like twenty minutes of this race, yeah. which I enjoy. It's great. It's it's, it's arguably the best part. Mm. And, and like, I have, I'm gonna have to say it now because I'm here. Um, do it. Do it. The best part about this movie, it's not Duel of the Fates. It is specifically the sound editing yes. of Pod Racing
1: and the <laughs> sound mixing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, everything
4: mm -hmm. is amazing each one sounds different i i'm like wearing these headphones and it's like left to right and right to left and i'm like this is fantastic like i was genuinely like oh my gosh the sound mixing is like next level and i can only imagine a theater where you're like hearing all these things left to right like it's so good it's crazy how that scene and just like sequence and that kind of like editing exists in this movie that's what i'm saying it's such a mixed
3: It doesn't, it has no idea what it's supposed to be. It's all over the place, Jack. Shout out Ben Burt for being the sound designer on this movie. He did a fantastic job. And another, I'm going to, my favorite part about this movie and quite frankly, all the prequels is the behind the scenes stuff. They have a whole, like, I would say maybe five minutes of Ben Burt, George Lucas. I don't think it was John Williams, but just a bunch of other creators on this movie in the room and they were trying to figure out how to balance the sound design and the score for the pod racing. Because obviously, all the music people are like, oh, this should be where the score starts to kick in. All the sound people are like, but look at all these cool sounds that we have. And it right. was so George just sitting there in a seat looking at everybody, like, well, what do you want to do here? You know, won't oh, like that. You know, that sound good. And it's just, it's <laughs> incredible. Like just watching their creative process for this sound design versus score. And it's funny, David, if this thing was, if the pod racing scene, let's just call it, it is 20 minutes, 15 minutes is just sound design. And then the rest is the score. And I honestly think they hit the perfect balance for it. You're right. I, I love that scene for the for the different shots that they had going around Tatooine, like the riskiness of it, the pod racing stuff. I know Matt's going to talk a lot about it, but I think George Lucas was kind of shouting his, himself out there with the nods to like American Graffiti, which was, I think, yeah. his second movie that he made, which people love and Harrison Ford's in it. Um. So, yeah, shout out American Graffiti.
5: Have you ever oh, seen but-
3: American Graffiti? I've seen parts of it, not the it's whole awesome. thing. It's very yeah. good, great TV like
2: um Pod racing is, in my opinion, by far the best part of this movie, hands down, no doubt. Mm. Obviously, you know we're going to talk about Darth Maul, we're going to talk about Duel of Fates. Like we're gonna, we're gonna talk about the good parts of this movie because we can, because like the in betweens just lack, right? The pod racing is um, all all killer, no filler, right? Is that the name of the album? Did I get that right? Um, the pod racing here. Um, is just such a different movie. It's very much just an action movie put into a sci fi movie. And it's just, it blows my mind every single day that the amazing people at Disney who create some of my favorite content ever, not just Star Wars, not just Marvel, all Disney content, some of the smartest people in the industry <clears throat> are not making podcast stuff. I mean, uh, Pod Racer stuff. There mm-hmm. isn't a Pod Racer movie. There isn't a Pod Racer show. There isn't even a Pod Racer animated series. There's nothing. They used to make video games. They were the best. They were the mm. best. Star Wars Episode One Pod Racing. I remember it on PlayStation. Yeah, yep. It was awesome. No, Playstation One. That one. I won. Won. But they like had
4: it on N sixty four.
2: They definitely had the N sixty four because the little yellow button is where you got to and just turn on mm. the thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, when you went up the wall like that. Yeah. yeah. But the thing about like the the idea that pod racing is universally loved universally, no one doesn't love the pod racing, yeah, and they haven't expanded on that. blows my mind. imagine, guys we're we're living in a top gun world, right? Imagine Joseph Krasinski getting a pod racer movie. It would be insane. We'd all lose our minds. I just think that this is the gold mine that Star Wars has yet to tap and I, I mean this with all my heart. The next great Star Wars trilogy is about pod racing.
3: And it's Fast <laughs> be and be Furious cool. meets
2: Star Wars meets Mad Max. Like, give me all of that. with Joseph, Joseph also see behind the camera?
4: What's crazy is that there's supposed to be this little movie called Rogue Squadron, which is, <laughs> I mean, not pod racing, but I, I, I hope they scratch that and just replace Whatever you just said with that—that that sounds awesome. Maybe, <laughs> hey, maybe Taika Waititi's movie—he he has no idea what it is.
1: Yeah, we, Robert, yeah. Those- easy
3: there,
1: easy there, dude. Well, yeah, so, like
0: <laughs> listen. Let's be honest. If Taika Waititi made the Phantom Menace, it would be a lot better.
3: Oh my oh, god!
1: All a
2: the cheesiness would work.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Yippee yeah. would be a dope, epic line. <laughs>
1: like,
0: <laughs> now this is pod <laughs> racing would hit way better. So hard. He
4: would he would be voicing um. Oh my gosh, how am I? Watto. Maybe yes. Watto.
0: Yes. Oh, no, no, no. Or no, no, no,
4: He's Jar Jar.
2: That's yeah, Jar I was, gonna say, I, I was trying to Jar-Jar. say Jar Jar. I'm trying to
4: erase him from my brain, so I couldn't think of the name, but yeah.
2: Sasha Baron Cohen Yeah.
0: <laughs> See, I think it would be flipped. I think it would be better flipped. I think yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen would be a little bit better as Jar Jar because in the yeah. moments where he has to be serious, he would land that, and then he, Taika would just play a dickhead the whole time as Wado and it would work.
4: Uh, I don't mind Watto I don't though. Know. I like. That's Watto. what I'm saying. I love Watto. Watto's uh, the
2: second best part of this movie.
4: Watto should wow. have been the. uh, <laughs> Watto should be like the clones and the stormtroopers and stuff. He they, he's can't be affected by the Jedi ways. <gasps> Only money.
0: Only money. That pisses I love me off.
2: It. What you just said, David. They <laughs> do so much in this movie. To take away the magic of Star Wars, <laughs> like, the like they take it away, Metachlorians. Oh, and then the I... whole Watto, the whole Watto not being affected by the mind trick because he's a uh, Tardarian. Yep. All that <laughs> stuff. It used to be, I'm smarter than you. You can't affect me with your mind tricks. That's what Jabba was. You can't, uh, you can't mess with me, Jedi. You know what I mean? That's what made Jabba a presence in that scene in that movie. But no, they decided, okay, what if, like, different species weren't affected by the Force because science? Like, get out of here, man. Space magic. I showed up for space magic.
3: <laughs>
1: I think <laughs> – Can, Can I
3: say something about that real quick, though? Sure. Matt, what if Please. I'm going to post something to you real quick? Oh, because midichlorians have never bothered me. I don't think I was – old enough to understand them when they were first same. being talked about problem. in the that's movie a problem that the movie has but, <laughs> uh, hang on <laughs> but you just compare the force to magic and it to is. me it's similar to that quote from Thor your ancestors called it magic but you call it science I come from a land where they're one and the same Shut up. that's that's kind All of right, works Jack, for Jack's
4: using my points my, my draft <laughs> picks against me right now <laughs>
3: That's exactly where I got it from, too. Shout
4: out to... I I figured as much, Jack.
3: Uh, No, to counter that...
4: Yeah. No. It's not... It is not the same. same. (laughs) It's not... See, like... It's all the same story. It's all like the same Jedi. Like it's not this different. It's not from these different like realms and universes. Explaining it's all supposed to be the same. It's all the same force flowing through them. They should be all understanding
3: of it. All on Tatooine. It still (laughs) is. That that too. It's all on Tatooine. Even getting the Mandalorians. Dude, okay, I, don't... I didn't mean the whole essence of the quote, guys. I didn't mean I come from one <laughs> land, you come from
0: another. No, I know, I know, I know, I
3: know.
0: <laughs> well, actually, yeah, yeah, it comes down Jack. to being stubborn. You let's know what I'm saying?
4: <laughs> what I think's crazy about the Mediclorians thing, and I will give them some credit, is like beyond the one moment of having the like, holy shit, he has 20, he, he's Jesus Christ, and he has over 20,000 Mediclorians. <laughs> oh what are we going to do? He's the chosen one, blah, 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 blah the way Qui-Gon talks about the Force is very, like, oh, you so can tell, like, Obi-Wan gets it from Qui-Gon in a way. Like, he talks about the living Force, like, how it flows and all this stuff, like, and you, you can feel it. Even just Qui-Gon, I'm jumping all around here, you know, that moment in, when they're fighting at the end, and, the, like, the red partition things are up, and he just, he, he, like, kneels down, just, like, meditates for a second, like, kind of tries to, like, Love bring, that. you know, tries to, like, almost, like, pray or whatever you want to say, with, like, the Force, and then boom, he's up, going, it's, like, you could tell, like, that's what's another mixed bag thing where it's like he cares about the Metachlorians and like he takes the kid's, like, blood count or whatever, but then he's so non-scientific about it at right. all. Like, qui seems seems... What, that's what's so out of character. Like, qui seems like the guy who would... Ah, whatever, Metachlorians, piff-paff. Like, that shouldn't matter. Yet he's the one that actually takes the blood sample and sends it to Obi-Wan. You would think Obi-Wan would be all about it, right? Right. He's super, like, by the book. <laughs> He'd want to know. He'd be... Obi-Wan got his medical like, Ah, shit. I only have so much potential. Like, Qui-Gon got his and was like, ah, that doesn't really matter. It's whatever you actually want to be. So, I don't know. It, it, it kind of, watching it back, I don't understand why it was necessary. I guess just to show it's that not- Anakin is this, like, he is the chosen, chosen. one, I guess. But mm-hmm. some other way, I, I think. Because, the and I think the issue with it now is that it's become such taboo within the Star Wars, like, realm i guess like it's never been referenced since at all count, mandalorian
2: season
3: two actually oh, god
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, miss, I miss that character though man that guy had the creepiest voice he was so good I've, i gotta rewatch mandalorian he's coming um, back oh no shit my whole thing about the Mandalorian kind is i agree david that the way qui-gon jinn <clears throat> talked about it is very old school obi-wan which is cool and i like that but it's just it's the the problem is the quantification of it. Like, and and you made you made the point right there. Why is it in this movie? Why do we need to put a number on it higher than Master Yoda? The first time Yoda in canon is mentioned in Star Wars history is this little kid's better than him. That's the first time we hear about Yoda ever, and that's cool because like oh it's setting the stakes. But like why quantify it? And the reason I think it's different, Jack, than the uh, the Thor quote. Um, and, and you know, objectively or subjectively, whichever one it is, um, I'm very much invested into the whole science and magic thing. And that is like such a cool thing that the MCU has done to build science and magic. So when Andrew Garfield walks through a portal, we're all like, yeah, totally. That's exactly <laughs> what needs to happen here. Yeah. Um, the difference is that was the first time magic and science had ever been brought up was, you know, your people call it science. My people call it magic. True. This is a movie that is working within the rules of the greatest movie trilogy of all time to that point. You know, Yeah. The, the, the whole point of a prequel, when you are a prequel, you service the original. You have to work within those rules. And if you're going to change them, make it a big plot twist, make it something interesting, make it something special. Putting a quantity to it is just making it more sci-fi. And my my other biggest issue with that is, if you're gonna quantify it and make it about science and numbers and and all this math, don't make them space Jesus, because if it's all about the medicorian count, if it's all about the you know where this guy stacks up against others, how is he born from nothing with no father because he's space Jesus?
0: Thank you. I can come book in knowledge. with some book knowledge. Oh shit! <laughs> Not where I thought. The Force asked. Shmi Skywalker, quite literally. So there's a whole point in a book called Queen's Hope. It's all about Padme. You should totally read it. I love Padme. Everybody loves Padme. Love she's Padme probably the second best part of this whole movie and entire trilogy. Um, she, it, it, there's a whole chapter on Shmi Skywalker and it's her, just like, it's from her point of view as she's being spoken to by the force, like it's, she understands she's being asked to do something almost like it's a dream. And it, she literally gives consent to the force to carry this child for the force. And the force uh, creates life. So that's why he has the highest midichlorian count. Jumping back to the midichlorians of it all. Honestly, dude, it's meant to show the downfall of the Jedi. And Lucas has talked about that. Yeah, how, how, oh, we went from, especially in the High Republic, they don't even mention midichlorians once in the books of the High Republic. I think they mentioned it once. Or if they did, it was more of a well. We, we, they ha- the midi create life, but it, it, we don't really utilize that. It's all about how you focus it and tap into the Force. You have to have, I believe, a certain amount to really tap in and hear the Force. But after that, just like Kenobi, it's all about practice and training. Um, as Qui Gon would say, it's all about uh patience, training, and blah 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 bloop. Um, I genuinely um, don't. I, yeah, blah 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 That's most of this movie uh, in terms in of dialogue. Movie. Yeah, it could have <laughs> been. It basically is from jo- oh, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> blabbity, blabbity, <boom>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I really love how,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more like Ike. Uh, you know, Shmi says there's no father. Yeah, he's space Jesus, whatever. Really, this entire thing is like, what if space, like, what if Jesus went wrong like what if we, jesus went bad what if jesus broke bad that's his whole trilogy essentially um and i i love how <laughs> I, I get i not even get to talk about pod racing because you guys just kept going and going i love it Sorry. but that's <laughs> eh, a rental <laughs> um which by the way it's literally the best part of this movie it'll never not be the best part of this movie pod racing is so damn good it's the most star wars thing in this movie and there's a dope lightsaber fight in this movie let's all remember that
2: so much came from it so yeah. much came from pod racing from one movie. You know what I mean? It's like it's like when you talk about um um I think like some SNL skits like Wayne uh not Wayne's World, damn it! Like like when it, when you hear like an SNL skit only happened one time you're like how? Like Cowbell? Oh yeah, Cowbell only happened oh. one time. One of the most iconic SNL skits of all time, right? <laughs> yes. But so yeah. much came from Cowbell. It happened once. That's what pod racing is.
0: Mm. Yes, mm. that's very true. Um the Anakin space Jesus of it all. Eh, It's one of those things I just look past. I don't like the midichlorians very got to be very clear. It doesn't make sense. I don't ever want someone to make it make sense. I don't care to me. It's always like, yeah, oh, we're this mystical dogmatic religion Jedi, you know, but oh, now we're just going to only focus on a specific count of midichlorians, which at that time in in their 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 that era of the Jedi, you know, right before their true downfall, they kind of lost their way. And this is a, a, a sign to show that, which is why his Qui-Gon's explanation of the midichlorians is it doesn't make any fucking sense. Cause he genuinely doesn't care. Um, like, Oh wow. You have the highest ever. That's kind of a big deal. Like if, you know, if somebody came on here and is like, you know, I was born in 1977. I've seen every single Star Wars movie ever in the theaters, and I love them all. Like, that, whoa, that's crazy. But it's how you, you know, you go about that life that makes it matter in the end. Like, you can see them all and love them all, but, it, you know, I'm talking about my dad here. I love you, Dad. But, like, he doesn't understand shit outside of the live-action movies and shows. He's worse than David. And all honesty, I'll quote major Star Wars lines to him, and he goes, what's that from? I go, fuck, dude, we watched that like 10 times together. Uh, so it's really about how you utilize the midichlorians because if you don't use it, you lose it.
2: And they didn't. And, and to the point where Yoda's like, oh, highest midichlorian count ever? Eh, are we sure that he's the prophet?
3: You know what I mean? Are we <laughs> sure this is the kid we're looking for? Like, maybe not, though. The Jedi suck. Can I say one thing about midichlorians <laughs> and we'll kind of get off the topic? <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say this. I don't like them either. Um, they just never bothered me all that much. Like I they I didn't live I didn't get to see Phantom Madison and prequels. I didn't get to see like the uproar from people about it. I just, you know, j- heard about it here and there from, you know, some older fans. But I do kind of like Thomas. I think they kind of uh, explain Anakin's a little bit in the Clone Wars. And I won't get into too much, but when Qui-Gon, I'll just say when Qui-Gon's talking to Yoda uh, season 6 um, oh, he's man. starting to I teach Yoda. He a l- <laughs> he's starting to teach Yoda a little bit about the Force, and obviously teach us a little bit about it. I like how they kind of broke it down there, and he kind of says that midi are really the way that the Force communicates to living creatures. Like they, they the Force uses midi to then communicate the, about the Force to us or whatever.
1: Mm, I, right.
3: I do like how they explained it there because to me it's almost. It, it, it's just the midichlorians communicating to the world. So like if Anakin's walking down a street and you have another force user like Qui-Gon there and he would feel a disturbance because of the midichlorians communicating through Anakin saying like, hey, pay attention to this kid. This kid's something, something's going on here. It's a disturbance mm-hmm. in the force. I, I kind of like that explanation with it. And then also okay. I like the idea of Palpatine possibly creating Anakin. That's never been like shot down in canon, but it's never been confirmed. Ooh, but wow. I would it has there been shot, shot down it, what it hasn't been shot down it, it was only shot down in the sense of like like we're not confirming that palpatine did it at least from what i've seen
0: it's more of you can't trust the dark side visions was the exact quote true. which is I, very true i like I just
3: the idea know that the, yeah. i like the idea that vader's tortured by the idea that palpatine may have created him but yeah. I, to me i just it was i never saw a confirmation on it it's still kind of up in the air and I hope it stays up in the air.
4: Yeah. I mean, it was alluded to in the Vader comics and that was a huge panel. Um, Like I remember, I'm, I, I'm actually almost 100% certain when I was reading that, I screenshotted it and texted Thomas immediately, and it was freaking out.
2: Like, oh my
4: god! We um, all have our Marvel Unlimited friends that we just send panels to. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: and it was just like, oh my gosh, like, is this actually true? And it was funny about the Mediclorians thing, and I swear last time we say the word, <laughs> and then we're going to move on. Um, when I was a kid, I thought it was awesome. Like, I thought it was so cool. I was like, oh, because I like stats and all this, you know? Sure. Like, like mm. all right, like, sweet. There's a way to like grade this. And I yeah. like the idea that Anakin was number one. And I try to like kind of in my head, like, all right, where is everyone? You know what I mean? Like, I wanted like there to be like a list of like everyone's like Medichlorian count just to kind of see. I would still, I would mind looking at that list, but no. Even Strange,
2: it, TV reporter in Cairo. <laughs> all these <Metichlorian> <laughs> people.
4: <laughs> can I get, can I do my Yoda thing now? Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah.
4: <laughs> okay so <laughs> my yoda thing first off here's let's right. let's segue a little bit here beyond the <laughs> metichlorians behind all this matt made a reference to this i don't know if we were on or off the air matt about that initial shot of the jedi council and there's 14 people in the shot i think that in all this is one of the biggest, I think, misses of the prequels is how they portray the Jedi Council. It's so boring and diplomatic, and this and that. Like even, and I feel like in like flashbacks we've gotten since, it's been more interesting. Um. Anyway,
2: Thomas. <laughs> That's how they look. He's. Dude, this is just how everybody's sitting. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I feel Wait, like that's the point. That's all I'm going to say. I got a quick okay. question.
0: When have we gotten flashbacks of the Jedi Council? Maybe not of the Jedi Council,
3: but I feel weird. like Jedi. Just, okay. Yeah. Got
4: just Jedi,
2: Jedi in general, I feel like, is what you said. Roger, Roger. Yeah, yeah. I don't
4: know. We didn't got anything of Jedi Council. I don't think that's what anyway. confused me. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah. Sorry. 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 That is yeah. a Disney Plus show. It, it's. Ju- <laughs> hey. Please.
1: <laughs> <a> <laughs> it's just.
4: <laughs> I, I just don't think like there's all these people sitting around. There's there's Samuel L. Jackson, who's just like important just because he's Samuel L. Jackson. You, we have yeah. no context as to why this guy, we should give a shit about whatever he says. Same with Yoda. And they, I don't understand what the direction for Samuel L. Jackson was in this movie. Hey, all your charisma and personality, not today. Not in this one, <laughs> bud. Stone cold. Yeah. Just Just give it to me wow. straight. And here's my Yoda thing. Here here is the Yoda thing. Here's the Hit point. Me.
0: We're at the point. Hit me with your best shot.
4: Yoda for being Mr. Mediclorian whatever and Mr. <laughs> Master <laughs> Jedi guy.
1: Mr. He has
4: absolutely zero foresight at
1: That's oh. the point.
3: It's the point that he's a dumbass. I don't understand. Yes, that's the he's... downfall of the Jedi. That's the that's the whole point. At, we at this point, the fall of the Jedi is already taking place. They're uh. so wrapped up in d- diplomatic stuff, they're so wrapped yep. up in politics, so wrapped up in their dogma and their tradition that they're literally blinded by the dark side. That's the Phantom. It's called the Phantom. Blinded by the know. Dark. Okay.
4: I mean, I, I guess I buy that. It's just like, it's okay. just, it just kind of drives me nuts where it's like, oh, right. you're just all-knowing Jedi Master. It's not master.
2: engaging. It's just right.
4: like, dude, you're, exactly. it, you're not being, mm-hmm. this is not smart. Like, you're, you're not really giving me that moment. It's like, what happens in the prequels doesn't give me more payoff in Emperor, Empire Strikes Back. Exactly. guess my point. So,
2: mm-hmm. Jack, my whole thing on what you just said, that's the point. You're right. That is the point, point. and the idea of the Jedi being a flawed system and mismanaging the greatest asset they've ever had—you know, like the Angels and Mike Trout, right? You know, just not doing it right. <laughs> that whole thing, you are explaining that simply by saying they were at their downfall, yada yada yada, better than the movie ever could. Yeah, they yeah. didn't—they didn't explain that in the movie. You are—you are—you um, are taking that in context of theories and what you've read online and books and comics and prequels and all these different things in this movie start to finish you know opening credits to end credits they do not explain that the jedi are on a downfall. Mm-hmm. and by the time we get to it at the end of episode three there's no engagement to it like you said it's just not engaging and i think as silly as it might sound the whole cutting to them in a room of 14 people, I think that builds up to it because we're never taught that the Jedi are supposed to be super foresight and super Mm -hmm. exciting. We just saw the two uh, Viserian people be idiots for 20 minutes. So as far as we know, government (laughs) entities are dumb and they keep being dumb. If they would have shown something a little more special and shout out to Nick Scarpino from Kind of Funding for coming up with this concept. But what if the first time Obi-Wan saw the Jedi Council You know, he's never been in there. He's just a one. You know, he's not a master. And he walks in to these giant stairs with these giant statues and walks into this amazing boardroom full of people contemplating the ins and outs, the peace and justice of the galaxy. And they walk in and they stand there and they get a message from their friend, Mace Windu. Hey, quiet down. We're about to get started. And in the darkness, you hear. Hmm. And there's Master Yoda, the highest Metaclore count until yesterday. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like like <laughs> simply presenting them as a grand jury of like the greatest Jedi of all time would have made me feel more so that they are on their downfall. Because when they're introduced, they're just making bad decisions. And they never put context to it.
3: I just Real- want to say a quick thing, Thomas, because I, I know you're going to go. I'm just going to say, Matt, I had that same thought in the chat earlier. I said, I wish they got we got more of Anakin seeing the Jedi Order for the first time and like the temple for the first time. Give us a character to care about and seeing yeah. it and witnessing all that and learning about it because then we care if we care about Make that character. Make us feel it.
2: Make us feel yeah. yeah. right. Not a boardroom at the third floor of a, you know, Quincenta Inn or whatever.
0: <laughs> Go ahead, though. Sorry. More like a best Western, but David, I wanted to ask you because you were saying he has no foresight. Yoda has no foresight. Can you give me... A little bit of clarity, because I would like to know what specifically you're talking about, because I I kind of want to argue and disagree, but I might agree depending <laughs> on the rest of what you have to say.:
4: I think it was just I'm trying to remember the exact moment where I like was like, oh my gosh, I just doesn't it doesn't make sense. I think it's just I guess the entirety of the movie, but by the end, so we, okay, here's here's the moment. We had that conversation between Obi-Wan and Yoda at the end. And I feel like the point of the conversation was Yoda to be like, "Oh, you know, something bad is happening, right? There is some, there is something out there. It's it, like there's something still wrong, but there's just no action to it." I feel, I feel like Yoda just like says these things and maybe makes makes some like statements but they never like really does anything about it, right? Like still brings Anakin in, still is like, yes, you'll take him. Like even in that conversation, he's like, oh, concern, 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 and another concern, but yeah, you're going to take on Anakin. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like I'm glad you just had all these concerns just to basically agree with Obi-Wan and like he's going to take the kid.
0: All right, I got you. This is where the diplomacy of (laughs) – let me rephrase that. This is where the bullshit of the Jedi Order really comes in here it goes to a vote they voted and despite master Yoda, whether he agreed or disagreed, we do not know, which is very important because his they opinion vote. sways every, they fucking vote on shit. In yes. this Movie. Not in, no, n- not on screen, but they had to vote like that's, that's Jedi council lore, right? Here's the thing. Here's the big thing that you need to know. He is talking about how he, is unsure but the only thing he says is the council agrees with you he doesn't say i agree with you here's your padawan the council the council is an entity separated from yoda from mace from kenobi in the future etc etc uh, shout out yaddle in there like we're never going to mention her outside of this sentence by yaddle and <laughs> the, it's it's all about you know clouded this boy's future is and right you know he, he's got he's got that whole Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. And so he talks about that. And then they mentioned that the dark side will cloud your vision and your future. That's what freaks them out about Anakin. They can't see his future specifically. Now, this is from the book. So, of course, you know, I'm going to get some faces on this. Mace Windu, his entire power is shatter points. He can meet someone and look through the force essentially peering through time in the world between worlds to see the shatter point of somebody to whether they can break, whether he can break him or whether he can use them. He never sees Anakin's shatter point because it's his fucking death. That's his shatter point. That is his breaking point, which is, Mm. which is, you know, ironic when we get to revenge of the Sith. And at the moment that the window shatters and breaks, that's the shatter point where he has no idea. That's that's when we cross the threshold with He Who Remains, right then and there. Cool. cool for him. He cannot see anything past that point. With mm, Anakin, nice. that's why he doesn't like Anakin the entire way forward. And when he sees all that stuff and he looks over and he just gives that one head nod, his whole point is to look menacing in this movie. And then the next movie is to be badass. And the movie after that is, like, oh, he's menacing, he's badass, he's Sam L. Jackson. Oh, he did now. That's sad. <laughs> Um, so I agree with you that it, it doesn't really, he has no foresight, but that's by design of the dark side.
4: I just feel like this is, sorry, Matt.
0: No, 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 no. I'm, I'm,
2: I was simply just going to say in this movie, none of that is in here. That's what I'm trying to, that that
4: is, that (laughs) is exactly what I was going to say is I feel like these points are so retrospective (laughs) and so post even last Jedi when Luke is like, they were at the top of their power, and Darth Sidious <laughs> took over. Like so you know what I mean, and then it's like, oh, oh shit! Like that. He's talking about the prequels, shit. and like that's that's a good point. Um, but I feel like in the moment, until it's really not until. I mean, I don't know. I I guess it isn't. It isn't there because in the movie, like the context of this film. This is the other complaint I have. Another kind of kind of kind of sidestep, but still on topic fucking just palpatine playing with himself in these damn prequels <laughs> just playing with himself just playing chess against himself I, at one point in the movie i'm like okay so who's like who's moving the pieces on the one side and then who is on the other side and it's like it's a palpatine on both like
0: what it's the same what? guy I'm like, what? <laughs>
4: the, what is the point of any of
3: this? I, what Can I say one on. thing on we that? We should have
2: taken this deal.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> quite, <laughs> the, the one X factor that screws I his mean, whole plan up is mean, things I mean, still work out for him. But is Padme Amidala because Fucking she decides a. to go back to Naboo and she does all this. He's like, no, like what? What the hell? She one actually thing, cares. I, yeah. One quote yeah. I I wrote down like I I was watching the movie I took a bunch of notes just like completely free throw free thought and one of them was bro the jedi are so wrapped up in politics it's disgusting um but the other one was when palpatine says when he's nominated to be supreme chancellor he goes a surprise to be sure but a welcome one i said this motherfucker like you dick like shut up man like you know what's going on like i just want to throw him out a window like mace like come on
0: in that scene uh it's it's not confirmed this is pure speculation on me so put on your tinfoil hats captain panaka is there you go, Matt? Thank you. Captain Panaka, <laughs> I think, is the one who nominates him. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure a random Ooh. person can nominate someone in the Senate, but but Captain Panaka becomes the black guy. Uh the He's the, at the Senate the, meeting? <laughs> yes, what? and he comes back from the Senate meeting with Palpatine. Uh, does, you find dude, out. You're right.
1: you're yeah, you, right. you find <laughs> out in books they're really good
0: friends. Uh, if you don't know who Captain Panaka becomes, I'll tell you now. He becomes the moth of Naboo after Palpatine be- uh, the Re- Republic becomes the Empire.
2: Oh, he's corrupt. <laughs> that's dope as hell.
0: <laughs> yeah. So fuck you, Captain Panaka. You smell like like pickled feet. I have a quick question. I have a quick, quick question. Is Naboo before we still get to that, thing? they say Bale Antilles was nominated for Chancellor. Right. And that is actually Bail Organa before he takes his wife's name and becomes basically the second in charge of the planet Alderaan.
2: Which we saw in the hit Disney Plus series, Obi-Wan.
0: We did. And at the end of Revenge of the Sith. And that one time that it got blown up in A New Hope. David, hey, what's true. your question?
4: About is, Naboo? Naboo, is Naboo still a thing? Like, is it a planet still floating out in space in Star Wars yeah. lore? Not one yes. that
2: anybody cares about.
4: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I feel like that's
2: including a cool... the government, the Trade Federation, the Jedi. Nobody gives a damn about Naboo. <laughs>
3: Shout okay, out Naboo for being probably like the most beautiful planet in Star Wars. Hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. Great design. fantastic. I like Naboo. I love, love Naboo. It was cool. I mean, I hate, This is my I point. Hate.
2: Where's it at? <laughs> I hate. You sound Jar-Jar, like, but I do like Naboo. <laughs>
0: It, Naboo is in uh, episode two, you know? It's yeah, in the end of right. Re- Return of the Jedi, you know what so I'm saying? the
2: <laughs>
1: Oh we my need, god. He's is... riding on the thing. He's <laughs> <laughs> riding on the little animal. Remember? That was not Naboo. <laughs> 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 no, that movie sucks. <laughs> that's one of the best <laughs> yeah, moments. We that. have to
3: post that on Twitter. We
1: we're, have to that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh,
4: I forgot that they put Naboo at the end of episode 6, by the way. Oh my gosh, that's the worst. What the hell? No context.
0: Matt's face. Yeah, they did. They did. When they were all... in the special editions <laughs> in yeah, the- india
1: yeah. uh yeah yeah
0: the, the the song heard around the galaxy <laughs> correct yeah.
4: correct on the boo we haven't seen in like in 30 years that. they're they're jiving over on the boo
0: good for which them. is <laughs> oh yeah good for them hey they're still doing things they're still making art uh i, I uh, probably not during the Empire days so for what sucks to be them guys um Can they call the Starfighter in uh Ma- mandalorian season 2.5 ship fighter.
2: Yeah.
4: yeah,
0: they call it an N-1 Naboo Starfighter. That's okay. It cool lives on. then. coolest ever
2: spoken in Star Wars history. Because <laughs> they put it in chrome.
0: <laughs> exactly. Oh, dude, it's my favorite ship of all time because oh, of the so fucking good. chrome. All chrome. All chrome. All chrome, all, chrome, all gas.
3: Jack Jack. Should we finally talk about it, guys? Duel the Fates. I I got, um, I got one more negative before we get there.
0: I have a bunch of fun tidbits before we get there.
3: (laughs) Okay, so Matt, you go first, then we'll get the tidbits, and then we'll get to Duel of Fates. It's my hottest take.
0: Let's do it.
3: Jar Jar Binks is the second worst character in this movie.
0: (gasps) Who's the worst?
2: Anakin Skywalker is the worst characterization of any character in any movie I've ever seen. Darth Vader is... And is supposed to be the greatest movie villain of all time. Yes, there are villains that do cooler stuff. There are villains we like more, yada yada. It's Darth Vader. That's a movie villain. Darth Vader. The way that they portrayed the origin of Darth Vader is just so anti Darth Vader. You know what I mean? It's unforgivable. It's unforgivable. The Force Jesus thing we talked about, that's just silly, I think. You know what I mean? The Force Jesus thing, I think, is just silly. The fact that he is as young as he is, why? Why not make him a little older? Nobody had these questions. Nobody had, like, oh, and he's supposed to marry Padme, who he says, are you an angel? Like, that's a real thing (laughs) that a little kid said to a girl. And that girl marries him one movie later.
0: True. (laughs) One movie, ten years. It's a real thing.
2: That was a pickup line, guys, and it worked.
1: (laughs) And it worked. So the little kid thing, the poor
2: Jesus. Obviously, the acting is just god awful. It's yeah. He says a lot, and then it's just the things, the things he does in this movie. He's a great builder. He's great at building things. Do we see him build anything? No. Do we we have any hints at him being a good builder? No. He built C-3PO, and that's why they said he was a good builder. I'm a great pilot. I'm an awesome pilot. How do you know, dude? You are 10 years old and a slave. You don't know if you're a pilot. You're a pod racer. And and, and if if you want a little bit of proof as to why he's not a good pilot, he gets into a plane later this movie. And says, "Well, what's this button?" Do? And, and he found his way into destroying the life force and winning the war. Think about everything Luke had to go through to win the war he was in, and everything Anakin did to win the war he was in. And he goes on to be the greatest movie villain of all time. The characterization of Anakin Skywalker. Is the worst thing Star Wars has ever done, and so,
3: <clears throat> I can't wow. stop laughing. Right that was now because that I just was picture a... Matt being the dream crusher. Like he hears this little kid next to him, "I'm a great driver. I can, I can let's go drive a car right now." And Matt's like, "Oh yeah, really?
1: Can do? him in a
3: car, sends him down the highway, and sees yeah. how he does." Yeah. Now you're, this you're is right. I mean, racing. No, it's not,
2: dude. You're not a pilot. That's why you don't know. True.
3: It's a good point. I mean, I agree with it's a lot not of what a good you said.
0: Point. I will say, I, know, I will say I agree. on that on your point, it's very tell not show, which is fucking yes. annoying about this movie. A lot of it there is tell go. not show. I concur, but they yeah. they give hints that uh, his building and technical prowess is shown l- it during the pod racing stuff leading up to it, specifically working on it knowing things and then in the fight when shit or in the fight in the pod race when it all Mm -hmm. goes wrong it doesn't take him very long to fix everything and get back into the race on the pilot stuff
2: really quick really quick yeah the pod racing thing the one you're talking about is when his shit goes awry and he uses the magnet stick to bring it back and connect it back to his ship right Mm -hmm. that's kind of what you're i mean obviously he's pushing all the buttons yeah but like that's like the only thing he does where we like see him physically fixing his ship even, as, even if that's not what you're talking about, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, I
0: do. Yeah. Yeah, when he
2: brings it in with the selfie stick, just one stick. small tweak. Tell me how much better this is with one small tweak. What if he used the Force to bring it in? Highest Metaclorian count in the galaxy. Greatest villain of all time. What if he used the Force to bring it in right there? Why
3: didn't he use the Force to bring it in right there? They literally did the come to me thing, but he had a they stick. Do- they kind of say like he kind of did use the force. It's not like a direct, like I'm going to hold my hand out and make something move, but it's just having the force to like pull that off, being able to multitask and like see things before they happen, that type of wow. stuff. I They try to explain it, but again, I like, it's not executed great. So I, I do I, agree
1: with you.
0: I think they explain it why he doesn't use the force later on. Cause he doesn't Ooh. understand the force. He mentions that to Qui-Gon. You know, they talk about metachlorians oh and how it ties into the force. <laughs> he
2: mentions it to Qui Gon. And, and, he, and he's Why literally not? like, I, heard I don't know. The- I had a question. What's a metachlorian? Yeah,
0: exactly. He doesn't understand <laughs> anything about the force, but he instinctively is listening to his in- his instincts. Basically, he's instincts, listening to yeah. his instincts. Um, but in that I scene love. where he's playing with all the all the knobs and bells mm-hmm. and whistles and buttons and finding out what that button does. And then he, when he's flying back to Naboo, he's talking with the pilot. Okay, so that adjusts the pitch. That works on the yaw and we work over here. He's like, yeah, you catch on quick. Then when he's in the ship, it's on autopilot and he gets it off autopilot and then he starts flying. So he's, there are, those are the things that they do show and I will agree it's not enough.
2: He got it off autopilot. Yeah. <laughs> Darth yeah. Vader. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, and I know, and the I know I'm being naked, this one. Like, I just think that, they took the coolest movie character of my childhood, yep. and you know I, I saw this movie first, right? So I, I have a weird perspective on it. But Looking back, they took the coolest movie character, Darth Vader, and yeah. made him just such a bumbling little kid. And 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 just like the question with the the uh, oh, what were we were talking about earlier, the question really, why, why, what is that decision? You know what I mean? What who stood on a table and be like, no, he has to be a little kid
0: um that is that is george lucas saying literally he he always argued that the original trilogy is not (laughs) about luke skywalker's rise to fame it's about the redemption of darth vader he said that for years and so his whole point was to make him a kid so you see vader wasn't always a bad guy so that his redemption actually makes a lot more sense within the context of the movie My argument against Return of the Jedi it made no fucking sense to me growing up. Maybe it's because I didn't come from a loving family. I'm kidding, family. I love you. You're not listening anyways. um, But
2: 1983, that
0: could be another aspect of it. You know, what can I say? There was no pond racing in that movie. (laughs) Fair
3: enough. um, Jack. Jack, Jack. Um, Two things, though, I wanted to point out that I think they do set up uh, Anakin's future well and Darth Vader's future well. When his mom said, he's like, I don't like change. And she says, you can't stop the change anymore than you can stop the sense from setting. That's a fucking great line. Because mm-hmm. oh, yeah. his whole life, he's trying to be a control freak. Sounds Especially with Padme that. and all that. Yes. I So I oh, love yeah. that setting up Anakin's character. Also, the moment when he leaves his mom and she says, don't look back, and that music kicks in, that John Williams music. Mm. Another, like, this is, like, his, his story has officially begun. Like, Anakin's yes. going. I just, I, I can't, it's... How can you not get romantic about Star
0: Wars? That's all I'll say.
2: It's an excellent statement you just said, Jack, and I agree.
0: <laughs> uh, Jake Lloyd, the actor, is an amazing actor in the movie. I feel really bad for him. Jingle All the do. Way. Jingle All the Way. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> uh, great. Here's to you, Dad. Dad. <laughs> Terrible man. And and that is straight because of if you look at that movie and then watch, you watch that movie, it's like, well, no wonder that kid got cast as Anakin Skywalker. He crushes it. But it comes down to the director and knowing how to make an actor, you know, oh, I'm not getting what I want here. It's not resonating. Let me pull these emotions out a little bit more. Right. Let me make this make let me make this feel better on screen. His decision was to always have him in one one movie and then jump 10 years horrible fucking mistake in my personal opinion it's always bothered the hell out of me it did not it was not explained to me going into attack of the clones that it was supposed to be a 10 year gap in any way shape or form so when he's like hayden christensen i'm fucking confused and i'm 10 or 11 (laughs) at this point i was lost i was like wait yeah what happened to the kid and you lose any attachment that you had to
3: the kid like now it's a new character essentially yeah
0: like that's how i feel
3: when we jump into attack
0: of the Clown. in in the machete cut there's a lot of people who will you know they go episode four episode five and then you go back and you can watch episode one but most people go straight to episode two and three because they're like episode one is the scroll should have been episode two and three (laughs) (laughs) Um, so the wanted to hit that real quick let me dive into some tidbits the Go co-pilot at the sh- of the ship, the ambassador ship at the very beginning of the film. Not the girl. The guy is Ray Park. Uh, I noticed that for the first time in my life while watching it this week. Uh, that was fun. Right before the Trade Federation begins landing on Naboo. We're about to get book knowledge here, boys. Welcome to the rebellion. Queen Amadala was wrapping a chamal Sector Summit, trying to unite everyone in the sector to help each other. And then she was trying to find out specifically what Naboo can do to help them so that it's a more symbiotic relationship. In Moss Espa, when Saboba is attacking Jar Jar and Anakin comes in and speaks Huttese, you can see Quinlan Voss in the background. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, look at look at Matt. He's like, "Ooh!" If you go yeah. back and watch, he's got the uh, yellow line on his face. I know. I don't know. You've probably made it to that point in Clone Wars. Oh I yeah, think, I know
2: Quinlan
0: Vos this is Hell bad yeah. mofo. Let's go. Hey David, what about you, bro? Thomas. Yeah, he
4: was um Ice Cube's son, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that guy. <laughs> Shut the yeah, fuck also, love him.
0: He's also he's also
2: very identical to the bad guy in the Joss Whedon X Men run, yeah. which is awesome. Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah, a yeah, deeper cut there, but
3: yeah, that
0: was a good that was good, man. I really you
3: know that fuck one. Fuck
0: Joss yeah. Um, uh, do Padme is upset about slavery when she's there on Tatooine, which is what leads to her mission after being queen to free slaves and find shmi Skywalker specifically so she can try and reunite shmi and anakin this is what leads to sabe who is her body double in this film her protector and loyal servant to live on tatooine meeting Baru, the most badass woman in the fucking galaxy she's i'm gonna marry her it's my future ex-wife and the entire lars clan um (laughs) uh yeah I, i mentioned the shmi skywalker of it all um Shmi actually meets Baru first and Baru and the Lars family help free Shmi and buy her and then free her entirely. And Shmi creates the device that, you know, when they talk about the chip inside of you and then boom, they blow you up. She's the one who actually learns and creates the device to stop that and pull it out of people. And, Neato. Yeah. Neato. Yippee! Oh, for a Suicide Squad or... Yeah, oh, yeah. She, <laughs> yeah, we should put her in there. Uh, the situation of the camps on Naboo, which Jack, this is where you were at when you sent that snap. Uh, it sounds super nonchalant. Like they're like, oh, they're being in it. Like they're kind of being held against their will in this little camp. When in reality, it was actually similar to the uh, camps America was putting Japanese into in the 40s after Pearl Harbor. And uh, it's not outright death camps, but it's 100% treating them like lesser beings and like they don't matter in this camp. One of the handmaidens, Sasha, she's the fucking best. Just understand that. She mm-hmm. saved all of Naboo by not giving up what was happening in the camp, which was secret messages or telling where the queen went or any other secrets like that. Important note, she's 12 years old. She's the youngest handmaiden and she's literally tortured and like all of her body is just two inch scars for the rest of her life because the droids tortured a child and not just droids. Goddamn Neimoidians are just in there watching it happen. Duel of the Fates is planned a planned event by Darth Maul. The start of the fight, the route, oh, yeah. the uh, the the path to getting into those energy fields where they're separated. It was all planned to separate Qui-Gon Jinn and Kenobi so that he could pick them off one at a time.
3: That's very cool. I did not know that. Should have been in this movie. It should have been because it doesn't make sense why the hell there are four shields there or like just that turn off and on. For no reason, unless someone set it up that way. It didn't feel well, like you alert. Yeah. Especially when you're essentially Barry Allen
2: and you have super speed. <laughs> yeah,
3: and they, they do the, the super speed again?
1: They only
0: yeah. did that once. They it. never well, did it
2: again. Never uh, once. in Star Wars. Cards. Third best part of this movie, the droidicus. Droidicas.
4: Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe, yeah, like watching it again today, because we had we get that awesome little like dart, that little dash scene. And it's like, where <laughs> the hell is that right here, Obi-Wan? get through that last door dude awesome it would have been (laughs) correct that would have been amazing but i think also it was a weird thing to add into the it would have been a weird thing it's weird it is a weird thing to add into this movie because then it's never used again and if they almost did it again it would have been like wait so where is this like later on why doesn't luke do this and stuff like that but
2: David, it's called bad writing, okay? And it's just (laughs) it's the simple idea that George Lucas had nobody read over this script one time ever. (laughs) Well, he
4: I I know, and I think I honestly, if you want to really get into it, like that, I feel like that is the issue with like the prequels and just like the starting point with the Phantom Menace. Yeah, because it was Star Wars. Star Wars was Star Wars, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's coming back. Great. What is it? I don't know. And everyone's gonna go out and see it, right? It'll be made for kids, the toys, the video games on Play Man sixty-four and all that stuff. But like, is it actually gonna be that good? And I got you know, the majority of people, I mean, I think now in 2022, we look at them with kind of like rose tinted glasses sometimes. But when you go back, like in this case, watching Panther Medicine, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like unwatchable in parts. Like this is such mm-hmm. like compared that's why to me it's like this could never like my rankings the bottom two are this and attack of the clones and like to me the rise of skywalker is a much more entertaining just succinct, it's a better
2: made movie looks better
4: sounds better written better it's yeah it's, it's just a better more entertaining movie it's i mean i don't agree with some of the plot points of it but i like have a way better time watching it i will say one thing on duel of the fates now that we've made it I, I am after the watching this again, and this is like my billionth time watching Phantom Menace specifically. This is a movie I, I, I think this might be the Star Wars movie I've seen the most because of when I was a little kid.
2: Everyone says yeah. that because it's iconic.
4: Yeah, <laughs> there's neat. something
3: about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, I hated this movie when I was a kid, not gonna lie.
4: Really? Yeah, I like JoJo oh,
3: and I like The Lightsabers. That was it. This was always at my bottom. I can't lie. <laughs> to the worst That's funny parts of the movie.
4: Well, I will say like Darth Maul has always and the whole Darth Maul thing is now become something different because he had such this long lineage story on in animated shows and all this. But like in the context of this movie, it's like, why do you kill this guy now? Like, why does he die? Mm -hmm. Keep him alive. Like in the context Mm -hmm. of episodes one, two and three, he's just dead and he's Mm -hmm. just over. And then we get Dooku next, next episode. It's like, all could right.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I,
4: yeah. I've said this before. Like, it should have been Maul. Ma- Anakin should have killed Maul in episode three. That would have been amazing. And then took that, his place. Yes. That would have been so cool because... Th- and I think the biggest issue... The, the The reason I care and, like, have such strong feelings about this is because Darth Maul is such a heat check player, character in this movie. It's just... He's there for a second, and then he's there for another second, and then it's like he's just gone, right? Like we barely get anything out of him, and everything we get is like awesome. Everyone loves Darth Maul in this movie. <laughs> he's such a fun, like scary character. He seems like you don't understand why, but he seems super like vengeful of getting back at the Jedi,
2: and we don't even know why. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. the I mean, racing of
3: this movie. Yeah. My fa- <laughs> favorite part with Maul was when Palpatine's yeah. sitting in his chair. And he's a hologram and then Darth Maul comes into the hologram and does yeah. this cool like stance. yeah and I can picture First Compte's time like, we ever okay. see a second person walk into a hologram.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I can picture Palpatine awesome.
3: just going like, Okay, Mo, I'm gonna give you a dramatic entrance and you're gonna come in like this, and you're gonna do a cool pose and we're gonna intimidate these guys. No, but make sure I'm yes. on his line. <laughs> make sure I'm on his left. <laughs>
4: i don't know there's something there's just something so frustrating about the darth maul character to me where it's like yeah he goes on and it does everything in the in the animated shows and there's all this but it's like damn it they had it they, they could have just built upon this and they would have made at least episode two better if not probably episode three as well
3: i will say though i love count dooku
0: i'm like, not a says, dooku what? guy. i, I just think not- he's, a, he's a very
3: interesting character in my opinion Oh, as a character,
0: got it.
3: I still wish it was Mall. This hilt is sick, how it curves. Yeah.
0: yeah. Cool hilt. That fencing hilt? Yes. Uh Jack Jack, Jack Jack. What do you think about the duel of the fates? I mean,
3: it's it is great. I love the choreography. Um, it was a I mean look, imagine watching the original trilogy and then going right into Phantom Menace and you see this choreography, it's like, what the hell? How did this happen? (laughs) Exactly. Um, Why wasn't this is Luke? Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's something that I don't really mind though. Like that's something that's never bothered me of like the differences in the choreography. It's just, I mean, mean, that's just it's filmmaking. I mean, like time passes; they're gonna get better at it. It's just what happens. Um, But I love the choreography. I love the lightsabers. I love the music, of course. My problem with it is that it doesn't have like that emotional gut punch that i feel like a lot of other lightsabers have lightsaber fights have because I, like i watch this like i care about qui-gon sure but comparing this to the fight in empire where every strike has a purpose and every strike has a meaning and an emotion behind it the choreography is great sometimes it looks choreographed which does kind of take me out of it because it's like all right one two three four Not like i said i especially, a Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> obi-wan um But, I mean, it's great. It's epic. I mean, it's it's got that big scale that I think George and everybody was going for. Um, It's fun to watch. I'm just not – I'm hyped on the music, but I'm just not hyped on this fight. Like, I feel like a a hundred trillion other people are. Sure. Mm.
4: I will say one thing before we move on. Like, so the one issue I had watching it it, with Duel of the Fates is that there's five things happening at once and only one thing is cool. (sighs) and it's like damn it the other four I, are bad I, I, <laughs> the other
2: four are bad yeah so bad. like
4: yeah d- genuinely bad like every other action that's happening at the same time is just like bad and th- and then they go away from the music too like it's doubly bad because like there's the remnants of it, go away from it- the
2: music when they go to other scenes what you're saying
4: yeah 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 and then yeah. you come mm-hmm. back to the 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 Clashing of the lightsabers and they, da da,
2: like it. it like <laughs> gets, it's like, oh my gosh! Right, this is happening. I don't like, think Anakin gets duel of fates. I think everybody else does though. No, I'm yeah.
0: pretty I, sure it's duel of fates, Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Anakin does not, not get, it, but, it is, <laughs> but anything it on bad. Naboo is duel of the fates. Yes. Yeah. Because really, like down though. It's not, it's, they don't take the, if you listen to Duel of the Fates, there's parts where there's no chorus and it's, that's, that's all on Naboo. Then when it goes, that's the other (laughs) other part of Duel of the Fates, which is why I'm going to be honest. I don't care what's happening in Anakin. And I think now I've understood watching this movie. I was like, Hmm. I was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Padme, Padme. Oh, Anakin. Let me text real quick. Okay. Come back.
1: (laughs) Okay.
4: Yeah, I'll be honest. When I was watching Disney Plus earlier, I like I was hitting that that ten ten second mm-hmm. fast forward thing. I'm like, fuck Get this. <laughs> I don't feel like watching this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they try to
3: do what Return of the Jedi did with like the mm-hmm. three fights happening simultaneously, and yep. you just don't care about what's going on in these other fights. Especially
4: the battleground fight, the CGI oh, Battleground oh, fight. Yeah, Holy oh yeah. Mole. When, I when that the worst.
2: Jar Jar mirrors Darth Vader's ascent to his pedestal. Anakin and Jar Jar had the exact same origin story. Let's think about that for a second. They both fumbled their way to success throughout this entire movie. They had the exact same origin story. There was a battle on Naboo, and they both fumbled their way into being a Padawan, into being a senator? Whatever. Senator's aide. Wherever he ends up at the end of this, right? <laughs> they the exact same path. I'm going to trip and fall and press and poke and push until we win. And they both have the exact same origin story. I want that to be embedded into everybody's brain. Jar Jar, Anakin, same exact guy. So the thing about Duel of the Fates, the music is perfect, right? Perfect. It's a good word to describe the music here, right? The the YouTube clip where it is just the fight and it doesn't keep cutting in and out. Wonderful. The -hmm. the problem with the three uh, planes of action they go with here is twofold. One, it's not Han and Leia. When you cut from the, in my opinion, the best lightsaber fight in Star Wars history and, and Jedi to Han and Leia, it's a little more, it's a little more exciting because we love those guys, right? And different. And in Yolando, you get Chewie there, Millennium Falcon. That's just fun to look at, at the very least. It, it's a good scene. Here, we're cutting to, you know, this deep, intense, <sighs> fight scene to goofy Jar Jar and goofy Anakin and Padme running with like 14 people (laughs) trying to sneak (laughs) through a palace with a squad. You know what I mean? Like you ever sneak into a party with like eight people? It just doesn't happen. (laughs) It just doesn't happen. (laughs) It doesn't work. So So it's that. The fight scene's good. The score is great. All these things. Is this an overrated scene? Because it has all those issues we've talked about, how it cuts away and all these different things. It also breaks the only rule that has held throughout the prequels. How does Obi-Wan beat Anakin in Revenge of the Sith? Everybody, all at once.
3: High ground.
2: High ground. Ground. Who has the high ground in Duel of the Fates?
0: Wrong. He beats him with the low ground. Who? If you think about it, Anakin jumps up. He's beneath him.
2: But what's the line? What what does everybody say at convention? (laughs) It's...
0: I have the high ground, but that's because they don't pay attention to what happens next.
2: But Darth had the high ground. <laughs> Darth also had the high ground.
0: You mean in, in Obi-Wan Kenobi?
2: No, no. no. In Phantom Menace, Darth Maul. Vader, Darth, uh, I'm the sorry, Maul. Darth Maul. Okay, bad. gotcha. I'm sorry, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, oh, the breathing in Obi-Wan Kenobi, guys. It is tattooed <laughs> into my brain. It's amazing. Um, the Darth Maul is literally mirroring where Obi-Wan is at Revenge of the Sith. They Mm -hmm. both flip over the person with quote unquote the high ground. But they make it seem in Revenge of the Sith like it's over, man. You're done. Stop fighting. You know what I mean? (laughs) Give up. Or I'm going to cut you in half. And it happens the exact opposite here breaking your own rules and your own shitty trilogy, let alone breaking the rules from the original trilogy. It's a masterpiece. Dude, (laughs) imagine
4: in Obi-Wan Kenobi, their training sequence had like one of them like hitting the high ground and stuff. There's like hills. And when oh <laughs> like an You Wars. win. I,
2: I you know, I dropped gotcha. my lightsaber. That would have been a like a clone troopers episode in Clone Wars where they're in that training facility. And They're like, "All right, high yes. ground today." <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> um on that, it's because Obi-Wan Kenobi is the greatest practitioner of learning from your lessons. He he knew that hey this is risky I kind of have only one shot of not falling to potentially my death I mean Luke survived so you never Luke know Luke survived
1: yeah, yeah So it's like <laughs> technically
0: Maul survives so hey but uh he didn't really know what he had to do so he flips pulls the lightsaber at the same time and slashes him That's on Maul for not being prepared Uh and then he takes that into Revenge of the Sith where he's like I have the high ground you underestimate my power. And he's like, dude, don't try it. I've done this before. You can't beat me at my own game. Take that. From this fight, Maul uses the exact same moves in this and in the episode twin sons of rebels and Kenobi utilizes having learned that lesson to bait him into that thing to win it in three moves or less. Kenobi is the ultimate Jedi because he practices and he learns from his lessons. This fight does not land as hard when I'm 30 years old uh, as doing my own fight choreography and it makes you. me so upset and sad. It's great, <laughs> it's fun, but I won't lie, it is I it's not it as good as Jedi. Yeah. It is 1999 and you can tell. Sure. I still love what? it.
4: That it's definitely a positive it. Oh, for I me. Love it. it's, it's still
2: great. good. It's yeah. not the greatest Star Wars moment of all time like it's hyped up to be.
4: Yeah, no, like it used to be. No. The music, though, like, is top is top. elite. Oh,
0: it's it's fucking yes. elite.
2: Where did it go in your draft?
3: It's the number yeah. two in our draft.
0: Yeah, it was yeah. It was
3: number
2: two. Yeah, number behind three. the Emperor's March theme. No,
0: no, behind I the, the theme. Force theme. Iconic.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, Wasn't just oh, like the, all all yeah. S tier themes. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, let's let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> yeah,
3: Yeah, yeah. All right. So, for those that don't know. What we're going to be doing is we're going to rank these films as we rewatch them week by week, which basically means we're going to build our rankings from the ground up. So congratulations to The Phantom Menace for having no competition this week and being our one and only favorite Star Wars movie ever. Uh, Let's go! To, Yippee! Yeah, shout out. We did want to <laughs> recap our movie rankings uh, or what our movie rankings were before the rewatch started. So we're going to go around the horn, everybody um matt we're gonna start with you because you're our guest and i do want to save thomas for last because he hates doing <laughs> rankings um and matt and i love this shit and david i think you like rankings too so
4: yes i like them yes matt kick us off
3: we're gonna go from the bottom up sure so okay. uh um, kick us off it should be hang on are we all say it should be 11 movies right 11 movies
4: 11 movies okay. that's what i got well, Cool. cool. I, hold on
2: i have 15 things on my list because series count as movies right um, JK, everybody. JK. Um, at number 11, I have Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. I hate sand. Um, at number 10, I have Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. I hate you. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? See you, you know what I did there? <laughs> and then Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. I hate this movie. <laughs> you know, that's that's the trilogy I went through, but Pod Racing puts it at number nine. Uh, so uh, my bottom three, it is the prequel. Episode two, episode three, episode one. I think they're all very bad. I think they're a collectively bad trilogy. Uh, Solo comes in at number eight because it's also bad. Um, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker comes in at number seven with tremendous potential to move up, except for the fact that I feel like there's a gap here because at number six, I have Last Jedi. At number five, I have The Force Awakens. At number four, I have Return of the Jedi. and number three, I have Rogue One. Wow.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you
2: were getting I mean, on me the other day, Matt. I wasn't getting on you, just trying to see where your brain's at, my man. Ah, you
4: know I mean? Getting on me, man. On me You're like, nothing.
2: How can you put Rogue One ahead of an original trilogy movie? <laughs> I'm kidding, it's it's it, it was just for the fans, David, but um, yeah, so I have Rogue One at number three because I think it's exactly what New Age Star Wars should be. Um, episode. Um, four Star Wars New Hope comes in at number two because I think it's low key kind of perfect. And uh, Star Wars Episode Five, The Empire Strikes Back, might be the best um action movie ever made, so it comes in at number one. It's also my phone case, which is very cool. Nice, yada yang, and uh, yeah, that is my um rankings. It goes original trilogy, sequel trilogy, prequel trilogy, after a gapping gator, uh, a crater, uh, between <laughs> the two.
3: Nice. I like it. Matt, that might be the first time I've heard you run down your movie rankings for Star Wars. I don't know. We haven't talked have a ton to... about movie rankings for Star Wars, so uh nice to hear that. Um you want me to go through my MCU? Really real quick?
0: Quick. <laughs> No, please no.
3: Real fast sure? Where Solo again.
2: Solo is at uh eight, number eight, just above the prequels. I think they're all okay. um I think story wise, they're all equally bad. Solo's production value is I mean, obviously it was made 40 years later, so it's not that fair. I think Solo is a good-looking movie, a very good-looking movie, Um, in the set design, costume design, all that stuff. Big fan of that in Solo. True. Nice. Bad yeah. movie, though, overall.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, All right, we'll go to uh, David next. David, tell us what uh, you got.
4: Yeah, so same same starting point. Number 11 is Episode 2. Number 10 is Episode 1. Number 9 is Episode uh 8, The Last Jedi uh number eight is solo number seven force awakens number six the rise of skywalker number five episode three revenge of the sith number four a new hope number three rogue one number two return of the jedi on a good day it's my favorite but most of the time number one is empire strikes back
2: top four are i think a very s tier gap for me and david at least we talked about this the other day
4: yes i would say (sighs) that that
3: last jedi disrespect that's low (laughs) that's very low we we (laughs) have a lot of last
0: jedi thoughts (laughs) what about you where's your rankings all
3: right my (laughs) rankings are my rankings here we go so number 11 i have attack of the clones number 10 i have the phantom menace Uh, number nine i have solo number eight i have the rise of skywalker (laughs) number (laughs) seven i have revenge of the sith high ground Uh, number six i have the force awakens number five i have the last jedi Number four, I have A New Hope. Number three, I have Rogue One. Number two, I have... I wrote this wrong because it switched before we started this rewatch. Number two, I have Return of the Jedi. And number one, I have Empire Strikes Back.
4: That's right, Jack. Same top four. Let's go, baby. There it is. (laughs) Top four really is
2: just a different level.
3: It's so good. It used to be Return at number one in Empire at two just because... I love everything that happens on the Death Star there. Um, but I did switch it. So I'm like, man, Empire is such a fantastic film. Empire, yeah.
2: I think I think all in all, Empire is a better movie. Luke in mm-hmm. Jedi might be the best character Star Wars has ever done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Luke specifically in Jedi. is just it's unbelievable.
1: unbelievable.
4: Even Vader in Jedi is but, so good. Oh,
2: Vader oh. and all three are pretty great.
4: And even the and Emperor let's... is the best in that movie. Yeah, in
3: full form, I think. No, exactly. Of yeah. And now let's get to the disrespect that Thomas did to give to Return of the Jedi. Thomas, <laughs> here, here it is.
0: <laughs> I love you, man.
2: I love your brain, Thomas, everything.
1: Unlimited
0: I, I could meet all of you and get this completely without any bullshit if I wanted to. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say anything. He's a I enjoy the fight that's David. about to happen. Red Tom, Num- you know, just coming in. Number eleven. <laughs> We're all on the pa- same page with this sand situation. Attack of the Clones is my least favorite Star Wars film of all time. Then there's a gap. A decent gap. <laughs> there's, a, there's a gap. Number 10 is The Rise of Skywalker. Woo! Yeah. Whoa! Num- yeah. Number 9 is Solo. That's right. Solo is better than Rise of Skywalker. Right? I said it. Number 8, Return of the Jedi. This is. Oh it's a- Boo! Boo! You suck!
3: Bring oh it, my. bitches!
0: I love it. See, it's important to note that I just said that The Phantom Menace is not a good film. Okay. Remember that. This is a head and heart. Heart wins out all the time. I'm a cancer moon. What do you expect? Number seven, Force Awakens. Number six, Episode One. We'll never not be able to watch it without rose tinted glasses. It can never make it above six. It peaks at six. Hard gap.
1: It peaks (laughs) at six.
0: Hard, hard gap. I love that. Revenge of the Sith is number five. Or should I say Revenge of the Fifth? Nailed it. Star Wars A New Hope is number four. Number three is... There it is. Uh, Number three is The Last Jedi. Number two is Empire Strikes Back. Number one is Rogue One. My first, my one, two, and three, there's a hard gap between them because I love game changer movies. And all three of those, change the game of star wars in a different way empire the greatest sequel of all time maybe it's the star wars in me that i'm like i guess maybe top gun's okay uh empire so Thomas, strikes
3: what's back four? sorry
0: a new, a new hope. hope
4: new hope yeah
3: Forest okay Forest? so you're saying there's a gap between so you have rogue one at one two you have uh empire empire, empire. three last jedi and then there's a hard gap
0: uh, there is a gap. I didn't say a hard gap. A, I said there's okay. a hard gap between five and six, and then there's a gap between four and
3: three. Liar! A gap
0: between a new hope and your top three. I know. That's what's crazy, man. Head and heart, man. I just love specific movies that change the game. You know Han Solo just playing with the rock behind yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> that's the coolest thing any
3: actor's ever done in a movie. Just play with a little rock. I, I don't know. know you. I'll get you your money. Bam, bang! I know. <laughs> and George did absolutely not tell him to do that that was a
0: completely harrison ford thing there's
4: no yeah. doubt about it no doubt
0: that's one of those things where you cast the right actor they're gonna nail it ewan mcgregor so hell uh, yeah that that's that's my star wars ranking um will that change we'll find out i'm making a new ranking as we rewatch these and right now phantom menace you're peaking at number one kid well you'll be peaked for <laughs> till next week because i assure you uh, episode two is going to peak at two and then it's dropping super fucking fast
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: matt go matt. ahead boys i just gotta say thank you so much for having me on to review this movie like i said earlier this is my favorite prequel movie because this is such a big part of my childhood you know what i mean like this and i i said this with like conviction it's iconic it's so iconic there's so much star wars fandom birthed from this movie think Mm -hmm. about the fact that the follow-up to this is on the bottom of all of our list you know what i mean and we're still star wars fans yeah, You know, it's because this movie had so much embedded into it. And I thank you guys so much for letting me come on and talk about it. This is y'all show. This is reckless. I know it's not a place where I have any merit to come in and make any statements. If you guys are looking for someone to come into Jedi and talk Thomas off this cliff, I can be that guy. <laughs> I, can be that guy. So I just keep In your mind, I don't, I don't, I'm not inviting myself, but I would love to be a part of that because that's egregious. Um, almost. And Matt has it at four. Yeah it's a great it's those top four are tier tier above they're so good they're amazing Um, i would agree yeah i i love star wars i love you guys so much thank you so much for having me on
0: matt where can everyone find you yeah we love you i mean we always love you we're not Uh, kiss those cute glasses man i mean I i
2: only wear the cute glasses so i can see you better big guy
0: Matt, where can everyone find you on social media and the Direct Podcast?
2: You can listen to me and my new co host, David Thompson, over on the Direct Podcast. We just did an episode with Thomas Carter Rochester. That is live now. Anywhere you can find podcasts, we'll be bringing in Jack pews for a bunch of Andor stuff later this summer thank you so much for everybody who follows along there you can follow me on twitter at matt rimke r-o-e-m-b as in boy k-e i'll be talking about thor love and thunder for the next seven days because it's all i can think about and it's a very good movie
0: Mm. yes sir matt we know you've got to get out of here fly off to your uh your bratwurst slider party oh Uh, yeah yeah (laughs) dude that sounds so cool man can't wait (laughs) we love you brother thank you for coming on man
2: Thank y'all. May the force be with you. Can't wait till next time, baby. He May the
0: force be with you.
2: He said the thing.
3: <laughs>
0: Jack Jack. Wrap us up with the ladies and gentlemen part.
3: Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we want to hear what you think about episode one of the Phantom Menace, and we want to hear about your rankings. But back to Phantom Menace. Do you share the sentiment of friend of the show and viral interviewer Nathan Johnson, who has this film in his top five Star Wars movies? Or do you think it's Misa Big Doo Doo? Be sure to let us
0: know on Twitter at Reckless Rebels. We're going to take a brief ad break and we'll come back after the jump.
5: Hi, I'm Leah.
3: And I'm Ann, And we're She Will Rock You. She Will Rock You is a bi-weekly podcast about rock history. Each episode, we talk about an artist and their lives, but we do it a little differently. You see, we noticed there was a lack of ladies hosting music podcasts, so we wanted to fix it. And here we are, two badass millennial ladies talking about rock music our parents wouldn't let us listen to. As a bonus, you'll even get our beer recommendations at the end. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, don't don't do drugs. drugs.
5: Are you looking to jazz up your wardrobe? Well, you totally can with our partner, theradbear.com. They are the number one nerd brand on the internet. All sorts of fantastic collections from Power Rangers. I see some ACDC stuff in here. All sorts of fantastic looks for you to add to your closet today. Looking for a Voltron t-shirt? A Gundam t-shirt? Today is the day to click Buy. Head on over. That's theradbear.com. And when you're there, use Rebels 77 in uh, at checkout for 10% off. That is Rebels 77 for 10% off. Thomas just pulled up a Star Wars Tusken Raiders t-shirt. It looks like an Oakland Raiders t-shirt and it is hella cool. Right, Thomas? exactly that is tuscan for i love the radbear.com so head on over to the radbear.com use rebel 77 to check out
0: and we're back we're gonna dive right on into the rebel report
3: To prepare us for the Rebel Report, we wanted to shift our focus back to Obi-Wan Kenobi. David wasn't able to give his thoughts on the finale last week. So, David, we want to hear them now in addition to what you thought about the series overall. Tell us. Oh, God, Obi-Wan Kenobi.
4: Wow. I will try to make this as quick as possible. I thought that this, the finale really pulled everything in in an incredible way. Like, I am, I still will fight, and we're going to talk about it in a minute, that this should have been a movie just point blank it fundamentally it should have been a movie however i'm it's kind of hypocritical but i guess it's just what i think this is my favorite disney plus star wars series period i it is my favorite i and i know i understand it's because i it's because i care right it's that inherent Mm -hmm. like like we talked about jack let's take a step back let's look back that (laughs) opening night it's midnight, oh my we're, God. we're treated with the first two episodes, we're so just inherently invested in it, we sit down, we record the first two, we're just happy, man, we're just having a great <laughs> time, like, there's something about this show, where once it was done, and I could look at everything for what it was, and I think it's very rewatchable, I think it would be more rewatchable as a movie, because it would be kind of like narrowed down a little bit, it'd be more of just the meat, but even, even so... It's very watchable. It is a fundamental part of the Skywalker saga. I think they handled it the best way they possibly could. Speaking about the finale, I think the final battle between Obi-Wan and and Obi-Wan and Anakin Vader was perfect. It looked great. The fighting was awesome. The results were awesome. The back and forth banter was a am- not even banter. The back and forth The back and forth like pouring out Obi-Wan's heart and then Vader just being like Anakin's dead dude. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> um I thought it looked amazing. It sounded amazing. It was amazing seeing Hayden back in that moment with that half mask. Like I genuinely like this show, and I didn't know going into the finale, because I loved episode five, but once I could sit back and think about it holistically, I love Mando. Mando season two, I think, would be the standard. Like it'd be like the slightest of notches below this, as like for a TV show. But this just means so much more to me than like Mandalorian probably ever could. Even with Luke coming back, which definitely brings it up a few notches, it was at the end of the day, I adore Obi Wan Kenobi. I actually don't understand some of the critiques that some other people have. I'm seeing on the internet about even, I even think Reva at the end of the day had a really good arc from from one point to the other because I feel like we were just complaining, myself included, just because we didn't see the next episode, we didn't see the next point, right? We were complaining that it wasn't gonna get, it wasn't getting there quick enough, but once it got there. I'm like, this is good, <laughs> you know. Yeah. This isn't bad. It's not the most important part of the story, but the most important part of the story, I thought they nailed. Uh, so I loved it. I, I all in all, my favorite Disney Plus Marvel sh- or Star Wars show um, up there for my favorite Disney Plus series in general with Marvel and Star Wars. And yeah, I think I think it met my expectations, which was is saying a lot because we going into this had a l- very high expectations, and yeah. I'm very um, surprised that on like. Rotten Tomatoes, maybe IMDb, the scores aren't, like, higher. Because, honestly, I think if this was, like, Stranger Things and it all dumped at once, I, I don't know, man. I-, I feel like this show really did something special and, like, treated the characters with a lot of respect and, like, even helped. Like, if you watch Revenge of the Sith, then watch this, then watch New Hope, that is an amazing way of re-watching Star Wars now. Like, <laughs> amazing <laughs> way of rewatching watching Star Wars. Because it- they did it so well. Um, So yeah, that's where I'm at with that. I I adored it. Uh, At the end of the day, I I loved it. And I had really, I like watched the finale like bit by bit on my phone with a bunch of screaming people around me (laughs) with like an AirPod in and I still thought it was amazing. So uh, a lot being said, yeah, uh, huge fan David Thompson was of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi.
3: Cool, cool, cool. I'll definitely be doing that between mm. Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope uh during. Our, well, I guess Revenge of the Sith and Rogue One and A New Hope because behind the scenes, guys, we're kind of going to double up for Rogue One and A New Hope, which is a lot. But it's we only have nine weeks. <laughs> True, it is kind of like one movie. And then it's when you one put Obi Wan in there after Revenge of the Sith, like it's going to. That's one movie. So yeah. well. Oh, God, I can't wait.
4: And then we mix Andor in soon. Especially oh. with that extra Vader. Oh. Yeah.
0: So yeah. much Vader, Vader. Vader, Vader.
4: So much Vader. <laughs> yeah, that, now Vader. that's that's yeah, episode 3 Vader, Obi-Wan Kenobi Vader, Rogue One Vader, then obviously original. Oh Deli my Vader. god, that's
0: so cool. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: I'm excited. So
1: excited.
0: So uh, I'd want to say on Kenobi before we jump into the news part. I rewatched it this past weekend, all 6 episodes in one night nice. with my nephews. And cuz they hadn't seen it and they were like, "I want to nice. watch it." And I told one, I was like, OK, I'm going to be honest because you always fall asleep in movies. You might find it boring. You might need to nap. And he was like, OK, I might nap. My other nephew's like, I'm not going to fall asleep. He's historically the movie kid. I took him to Toy Story three when we first when it first came out. He was three years old. I was 18, about to go to college. What an emotional experience for me. Emotional for him, too. Wow, a totally yeah. different reason. That's like a core memory for him. It's a core memory for me but it's really cool yeah it's love and sadness i'm like oh my god i'm andy and i'm leaving an amazing
4: like place to be in life for both of you and seeing that movie specifically yeah it was
0: it's genuinely one of my favorite memories that i have with my nephew because of just i'm getting goose pimples like i move on i'm gonna cry on the show and you're gonna hear it uh i watched it with them too and the older one who i saw toy story 3 with passed out instantly granted he slept two hours that night and then my other one's like this is so good and I'm like what is happening like you reverse role? like you're sleeping you're all in on this show and when we got to that end and they started fighting they were like dude what and it ended and they go they're just like oh my god that was so good and I was like right I will say sitting there in one sitting is tough I did it with Loki and I thought it was hard just from the information with Kenobi, there's a lot less information, but it is still hard to sit there for six it's hours. It's a long time. It, it it would have been nice if I broke it up episode by episode, where you know, or I would say act by act, where you have you know, episode one and two, episode three and True. four, episode five and six, which then you get three movies, which I think is relevant for our news, right, Jack? Jack? Mm. Yeah, I think it is just a little bit relevant, Thomas. uh... <laughs> Not only was Obi-Wan
3: Kenobi originally conceptualized as a movie, but it was going to be a full trilogy, and David's crying again. The direct's very own Nathan Johnson had a chance to interview Obi-Wan Kenobi writer Stuart Beatty, who was credited for writing episodes one, two, three, in the se- The season finale. I guess I shouldn't say series just yet. The season finale of the series. Beatty had a lot to say. I cut these quotes up and changed a few things for timing purposes, but the intention behind his quotes are still the same. I'm really going to try to run through this. It's a lot. Um, he said, quote, I wrote the film that they based the show on. So yeah, I spent like a year, year and a half working on it. And then when the decision was made not to make any more spin-off films after Solo came out, I left the project and went on to other things. I just got credit for the episodes because it was all my stuff. When I pitched my Obi-Wan story to Lucasfilm, I said, there's actually three stories here because there's three different evolutions that the character has to make in order to go from Obi-Wan to Ben. And the first one was the first movie, which was the show, which was Surrender to the Will of the Force. The second movie was thinking about where Kenobi ends up. And one of the most powerful, and probably the most powerful moment in all of Obi-Wan's story, is that moment where he sacrifices himself in a new hope. You know, that to me, that required forethought. That required pre-acceptance that this was going to happen. So that was the second step of the evolution for me, that Obi-Wan now has to come to terms with his own mortality, somehow in a prophecy or Qui-Gon telling him, and get him to that point where Obi-Wan has accepted the idea he's going to die willingly at a crucial moment. When that moment comes up in a new hope, you understand. He's recognizing he's been on this journey already, and he's waiting for this moment. So for me, if I have anything to do with the second season of Obi-Wan, that's the character evolution I would take him on. That to me is really interesting, and like I said, universal. BD then confirmed that everyone was on board for a trilogy of Obi-Wan movies, three stories, including Ewan McGregor and Lucasfilm. But Solo's poor box office performance was what changed the direction of Lucasfilm's thinking. There's a little bit more here on Reva. Should I read that, guys, or do you just want to talk about this first?
4: Uh, this is probably a good place to start. There's a lot right there. Yeah, um, On the direct podcast, you know, we brought up the story, big story, ex- you know, exclusive from the direct.com. Go, Nathan. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Friend uh, of the show. Yeah, friend of the show. of the show. Um, and yeah, so we didn't I so I talked to Artie about obviously like fans of this show, people that listen right now, like you know, my whole thing is that this should have been in a movie. Um, blah da da. But uh the fact that it was gonna be a trilogy, I'm not really and I believe, you know, Matt was just on. I think Matt was like, yeah, trilogy I thought sounded good to me and not not so much. I would have liked to see a boiled down version of this show, right? Not like this show mm-hmm. just separated into films in a way. I would I would have been more down to see and, and I think that takes away from like this maybe just like the specialness of like the trilogies of Star Wars, right? The, the prequel trilogy, the sequel trilogy, the original trilogy, like and then it's like the Obi-Wan trilogy, like it." That seemed more like a like spin off, you know, like that right. that extra that extra awesome like story that we get, but we don't really like necessarily need. Um, so I don't think a trilogy would have been that great. Uh, I think the idea um, BD was saying for like what a season two would be that I think makes sense of like, where the only I think where the story would have to go about like kind of pushing more towards a new hope how he gets that point of like sacrificing himself the whole Qui-Gon element where he comes in at the end which is awesome um I don't really I'm cool with Obi-Wan though at at the end of the day it wasn't a movie and I still loved it I and I still would have preferred it would be a movie I think I think I would have loved it equally if not more experiencing it with fans um but it gave me everything I wanted and I don't necessarily think we need more I think if that we get more right now that's just a disney move and they want streamers and subscribers and money right like they, yeah. they wanted to keep pumping out these disney plus um shows and series so that'd be the reason i would really want to i know klein felt here on the show definitely i don't think wants another one because he kind of wanted this to be like the swan song of ian e. mcgregor hayden christensen and all that good stuff so yeah disappointed i'm very disappointed that it was going to be a movie at a certain point or i guess a trilogy but gosh uh I don't know. I I th- I kind of just hope it, I hope it's done now. I hope they just I hope this is just it. I'm cool with it. I'm cool. I'm I, like we just talked about. I'm excited to rewatch, but I I'm done. It's o- it's okay. <laughs> it, it's fine I think as it is.
3: Hmm. All right, Thomas, what do you think?
0: <clears throat> I can't believe I'm fucking saying this, dude. I kind of wish we'd have gotten into the trilogy. Um <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying I really can't. Because I I my argument was I want six hours of Kenobi. I got six hours of Kenobi. But I think doing six hours of Kenobi in a movie format over three movies would have A, it would have fucking made all the money, dude. Like this show. Put it in theaters, put six hour marathon in theaters, don't have credits, just run it end to end. And I guarantee you, you would put butts in seats. I guarantee you that shit would probably make a hundred million dollars domestically. Genuinely, the fans of Star Wars genuinely would go for all of us on this show would go do that without a question. I know. At least in this town, at least 50 to 60 people that would shell out $50 to go watch six hours of Kenobi each. Guaranteed. So if you put a movie version of that out and you prime, okay, here's this one movie. It sounds like this first, what we got in this series was the first movie, right? Just expanded a little bit personally. um, I love what we got. And you can tell that this was adapted from a script for a film, especially when you watch all four episodes or all six episodes in a row, if I had to cut out some stuff, it would pretty much be the entire episode four. It would be half of episode three and it would be about 15% of episode two. Right. And then that's a really long, that's like a three and a half hour movie. But in terms of the, what we get in it is where I'm saying, Hey, that's, that's where the plot rides the best, right? There's not as many, I won't say lulls, but in four, coming off of three into four, it is a v- juxtaposition of energy and and tone. Um, so it's – which, I mean, to be fair, is the same thing as episode three and episode four when you watch the Skywalker saga, which we'll get to later on in the future in, you know, three and a half weeks. But – two and a half weeks? I can't math. Um, I think this would have been amazing. And here's what pisses me the fuck off the most, man. I'm, I like to be positive – But I swear to fucking God, if they don't learn that it's not the poor box office performance of Solo, it's actually when you market something, hey, here's a movie you should love, The Last Jedi. And... The fandom menace comes along and loses their freaking minds because they can't maintain what a good story is. This movie sucks. Why would Luke do that? Why would he say that? I don't understand the plot of what's going on with Finn and 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 Poe and and what's your name? I don't even care about Rose. Like they're just going to bitch and moan in the whole fucking plot. The whole point of the fucking movie. I'm losing my temper here. Is <laughs> is the biggest lesson what was the actual failure here with solo putting it out six months after six months oh. after that five months after thank you i had a surgery so i couldn't remember the date it was literally the same day as solo came out Jeez. i didn't see solo till a couple weeks later because i was fucked up on goddamn pain medication right I'm gonna have to edit out a lot of these bleeps now that i realize i'm so angry the, right now the shoulder thing <laughs> yeah it was my last shoulder surgery or maybe my it was my last shoulder surgery yeah the one that took me like fucking forever to heal from i remember that yeah there was so much anger in my life at that point but (laughs) genuinely the lesson of solo is don't put star wars movies six months apart five months apart especially when you have to reshoot 75 of a movie and on top of that you have no i don't know the loudest people in the world the fandom menace bitching and moaning about a movie they can't comprehend the plot for because they can't read fuck uh, okay. Star Wars movies <laughs> make them good <laughs> and space them out
3: let's talk, about, it
0: let's talk about Rita. let's talk about <laughs> well
3: hey I want to talk too Thomas don't get me all mad here. Well, hold on Jack I'm sorry lift
0: this podcast back up <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I will say, like, I, I mean, look, I agree with you in the sense of, I think Iger talked about it in his book, Bob Iger, uh, former CEO of Disney, uh, that he made a mistake when he didn't move the release date of Solo, um, even if The Last Jedi wasn't one of the most controversial movies of all time you still don't have solo come out five months after like you haven't earned the right that like marvel has earned over the years to be able to just constantly put out content like marvel wasn't always what it is now where they have like series upon series yeah. upon series upon movie upon movie like it, that's not how it used to be they had to earn that right and they got people invested star wars at that point hadn't earned that yet especially coming off the last jedi which wherever you stand it, it is so controversial and then you have solo, which doesn't really play into the current storyline that's happening in the sequel trilogy, and it doesn't even have that big of an effect oh. on uh, the original trilogy, in my opinion. Like it just, it just kind of oh yeah, nah. yeah. It, it just kind of seemed like it was there, you know, uh, both in a marketing sense and a story sense. Um, as for this trilogy, it's funny if you continue. So he said the first movie is basically what we got in the show. They just kind of stretched it out a little bit. If you tell another Obi Wan story, if you if you wanted to tell three Obi Wan stories, I think you have to make this a show. If you tell one, I think you have to make this a movie. So like I'm kind of all over the place with how to feel about it because I don't want a full trilogy. If they did anything with a movie with Obi Wan, I think it should have been one and it should have been the story we gotten just cut down like both uh, David and Thomas have mentioned. Um, For a trilogy, you know, because if if the first movie is about this whole Darth Vader thing and Obi Wan. Do do we think the second and then a third movie can put butts in seats like that first one can? Because Vader's probably not going to be in it. He actually says in one of the quotes, I don't know if I cut it out, but he says in one of the quotes that Vader's obsession with Kenobi, for the most part, was going to end after that first movie. So I assume he wouldn't be in in the second movie and the third movie. So I'm like, like I, I'm sure, they would be interesting. Like They'd be interesting movies, but are they really going to put butts in seats like what we just watched? would have done. That's kind of where I'm at on it. Thomas, go ahead. I know you have a thought.
0: I rescind my statement on the trilogy. I didn't know <laughs> that. I, I didn't see that in my the My bad. So. I think, I, I, think hey, I cut hey, it out. I think it's I okay. It out. I'm still mad about the solo quote. So.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, look, if they do give us a season two, I would love to, like, I, I think the story that he's talking about with like a season two or a second movie is perfect for TV. Perfect for Disney plus. I don't know if I want to see that though. I am happy with what we got. Do I wish it was a movie? Yes, but It is what it is. I still loved what we had. Uh, Moving on to his other parts of this quote, um, because he wasn't done. He informed the director that Reva was his creation. The only difference was that his version of the character didn't know Anakin was Darth Vader. He still killed her friends, he being Vader. Vader still killed her friends and tried to kill her, though. Uh, He said, quote, she believed the lies that the Jedi were plotting a coup to overtake and get power and all that, but they were stopped by clones. So she believed that's why she's hunting Jedi, because she believed the Jedi are the worst, basically. He went on to say that in his version, Obi-Wan was the one who told her that Anakin is Vader, and that's when she realizes she was wrong the whole time. He had Riva save Kenobi by sacrificing herself, telling Vader she killed Kenobi. And because of that, Vader killed her, because obviously he wants to be the one to kill Kenobi. Uh, Beatty states that he wanted her story to end there. Uh, No other inquisitors were initially to be included, only Vader as the big bad, uh, the big overall villain, Uh, going one-on-one with Kenobi, with Reva in between them. Uh, Again, this all would have been in his first movie of the trilogy. Uh, So, Thomas, we'll go right back to you um, on this one. What do do you think about Reva dying initially? And obviously, they kind of rewrote that for the show to continue her story. Uh, Are you happy with that decision? And then any other comments you have on this?
0: I will say, I think what we got in terms of the story of Reva, is so much better and more complex and layered um and multi-dimensional and it allows for a better acting story overall here's here's my thing people complain about Reva's like she's one note she's one note oh we saw this the whole time oh beep boop i can't read still (laughs) i'm so sorry people i'm just Uh, Sorry, uh, I'm sounding like the Phantom Menace. Uh, I should probably pump the brakes here with my uh, towing the line of balance. (laughs) You become the very Uh,
3: thing you swore to destroy, Thomas.
0: Well, from my point of view, the Phantom Menace is evil. And I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I I truly love what we got with Reva. And I think um, I love the idea of her believing the propaganda. That's fun. But then going and being like, oh, I was wrong. Well, let me go tell vader that it's essentially sacrificing herself but i remember him saying like i I did read this quote she didn't know she was gonna die but she told him and it's like okay a fair you like i could see how you might think that but also now knowing that vader is anakin you would have to assume that the guy who you know just murders people for fun who wanted to get Obi-Wan Kenobi is not going to be stoked that you took his kill, right? That is a total dark side thing. Like if she took the kill of say another inquisitor, obviously there's going to be revenge wanted. Well, I can't kill Kenobi, but I can kill you. And I like how they kind of took that spun it for Riva in the sense that I can't kill Vader I can't kill Kenobi, but I can kill this Luke Skywalker kid that could, or this, this kid on Tatooine. <laughs> Sorry. She doesn't know it's Luke Skywalker. I'm going to stand on that hill and die. Uh, this, this kid on Tatooine is important to Kenabe, Kenaber, Kenaber, which is Kenobi invader in their ship name that I just made up in my head on accident because I'm <laughs> dyslexic. Um, that's the only reason she goes after Luke on Tatooine. And I think, uh, her, I hate the star Wars trope of I was a bad guy. Now I'm good. Now I'm dead. I hate it so much. I hate it, hate it, hate it. So what we got is exactly what I love about Reva. And if they took what we got in this show and put it in the movie, I think it would have landed overall better for, for everybody. Um, I'm excited to hear what David thinks about Reva though.
3: Yeah, me too. Thanks
0: guys. I'm happy. You guys are excited.
4: (laughs) Um, yeah i don't know i i I think
3: (laughs) he's like thanks guys i don't know (laughs) um
4: literally no um sorry man i'm I'm trying to remember even what oh right so i think what they ended up with with reva was fine uh i think they kind of fleshed things out specifically when you'd mentioned like how it was just vader and then just reva and then obi-wan like reva was just in between Obviously you flesh that out. There's gotta be more inquisitors, a little more going on. I didn't love in the finale, like we have that whole Reva moment, but for the character, it makes sense, right? Like she's gonna go kill, you know, do kind of like do what she feels like she must do, and then she can't go through with it. I thought it was a good character moment for her and how it played out. So I mean, honestly, kind of what I've noticed from the interview is it's almost like going walking through like the writing process and how things get fleshed out. Yeah. You know, right. like something started with an idea and then you see it get more fleshed out like oh mate wait how can we do it a little bit differently how can we tell the story a little bit better um you know quote unquote better just changing things up a little bit differently um and i think both would have been effective but i think the way they ended up doing it was like perfectly fine for me because I, like i said earlier like i think the way the whole reva thing played out was was well done I, I thought she was a good character
3: in the end yeah yeah i'm yeah i i agree with both you guys i think I really like the idea of her believing the propaganda that Palpatine was pushing um, and her not knowing that Anakin was Darth. I think you know he was kind of saying that it didn't make sense to him why she would know that he's Darth Vader. I think she's smart enough to kind of put two and two together. For me, it's just – it is an in- interesting like what if or proposition that she didn't know and that she did believe the lies – I think that would have been an interesting character choice. But yeah, I'm with you, Thomas. Thank God they didn't kill her. They do that. So I mentioned it in our finale. I'm like, thank God Mm -hmm. they didn't kill her because it's such a Star Wars trope of like, oh, I turned good and now I'm dead. Like, fuck off, like, stop. Let, let's do something new, let's do something different. <laughs> Sorry, I,
0: I get a little mad about that.
3: Um, specifically with Ben Solo. We're getting
4: feisty in the <laughs> news are. section, the Rebel Report today. The, the Listen, y'all were feisty
0: on the Phantom Menace all night long and then Solo <laughs> really? was dropped into a comment and I, I lost my shit. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I'm happy that she lived. Uh. Um, yeah,
3: my only complaint with her really, at least in the finale, was the stuff with Luke and then Owen and Baru? I didn't find it all that engaging just because I knew that they were gonna live. I thought the show did a good job with that throughout like making me care about the characters even though I know what happens. That was the one time it failed for me. Um, I like it, or I don't like it all the way up until where she's about to kill Luke and then she starts seeing herself in Luke and like is hesitating. From there on, I think it's perfect. I think it's a great character study and I love how it parallels the themes of Obi-Wan's character arc. Like those arcs are very parallel to each other. And I love that. And if you kill her, I think it kind of takes away from that. Like, I love the message of what matters now is who you're going to become. That's a, and it's the same. Obi-Wan need to hear that too. I think he, he need to hear himself say that. Um, so yeah,
0: I dig it. Um, Before we move Andrew, on. Go ahead, oh, Thomas. I, I got one thing. This confirms what Deborah Chow said, which was uh, Maul was never involved when she was. Because if they took the script right from this movie it's very clear maul was never Mm -hmm. around in this time frame at any point in a story
3: i'm so interested in the actual like the whole development of the show because i didn't look up Stuart Beatty's uh like previous projects but i remember thr coming out with an article like an exclusive back in like 2017 saying that Lucasfilm hired the writer to, oh my God, I forget the movie's name. It's a, it's not a big movie, but it's kind of popular. Um, that they hired a writer, I don't think it was Stuart Beatty um, to write the movie. And I was thinking maybe that's when Maul was involved, and then maybe they got Beattie on, uh, and that's when the script started changing. And then, of course, they changed it to a show. I, I would love to know, and we're never going to know this, but I would love to know like the whole timeline of just the process and the behind the scenes of how this show was made. I think it'd be very interesting. But David, it's interesting that you mentioned the writing process because we're kind of going to get into a topic about the writing process. Uh, is Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie actually going to happen, guys? I don't know. Uh, director Taika Waititi spoke with The rap about where he is in the development process for his Star Wars movie. He shared that he's still working to, quote, figure out what the story is, unquote, while working on all his other movies. He also chatted with Slash Film about what he's bringing to the table with his movie, although it's still early in the process and he hasn't completed the script yet. At the moment, Watiti is currently throwing everything at the wall to find the right ideas that he can use in the movie. Finally, when speaking to the New York Times recently, Watiti had this to say, quote, I'm trying to write the Star Wars idea at the moment. I've got to see how that goes, because once I submit it, that might determine when it gets made or if it gets made even, unquote. Only a few weeks ago, Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy confirmed that Watiti's movie is set to release sometime in late 2023. I think we can go ahead and say that's probably not going to happen at this point. But, um, David, I got to kick it over to you first because we all know your sentiments on the Star Wars movies and how Lucasfilm is treating the movie side of the saga. So please tell us your thoughts on this
4: i just feel like i'm gonna be beating this horse <laughs> until we get something official because it's just it's just not surprising hey hey man you worked over at marvel and disney did a great movie it was in space apparently it was in space hey you wanna you wanna do a star wars movie okay okay we'll we'll announce that we're gonna announce that <laughs> Taika like a nods. He's like, oh, that would be cool. I just worked on Star Wars. That would be that would be cool. Captain Kennedy's like, all right, book it. Awesome. Goes up on stage. We have a Taika Watiti movie coming out. Here's some weird colorful logo. Yippee! Right? It just drives me nuts. They have absolutely no idea what they're doing with the films at Star Wars. Like they, they have no fate. I know more about what's happening with the films than anyone there, and the answer is they have no idea. They know nothing. They are doing nothing because they are lost. Clearly, like, the whole – this is – it's driving me nuts. Announce something official when it is official, right? You would never see Marvel do this. You would never see Marvel be like, hey, we have a – we got someone doing something someone you someone you've heard of, someone who did something else successful. Oh yeah, they're doing something. Okay. All right, cool. It's just it's like all right, enough is enough at this point like please give me something tangible. Let me know when the story's ready, Tyka. I'm sure it's going to be good. Um but I got nothing. I think Rogue Squadron's gone. If this movie ever gets made, oh it'll God. be it'll happen. Um and I think Ryan Johnson's thing's never going to happen. Um Jesus. I, <laughs> I, I i have no faith i don't and i'll be honest i think from a business standpoint i think they are just focusing solely on building out star wars on disney plus i mean if you saw that entertainment weekly cover they were saying yeah. like all of them were there that this is this is what star wars is and i think it's almost in a way it's kind of shameful that they're even like trying in a way like they they're trying to do this like fake film thing tech is out here like Dude, I don't know what the fuck it's going to be about. Like, I haven't, I've barely written anything. He, uh, you know, he, he doesn't, he has no idea. So, which I don't blame him. This isn't an anti-Taika thing. I'm sure Taika was like, cool. Yeah, I'd love to do Star Wars, but there's no real, the gears aren't turning on anything and, and nothing feels like they were even in pre-production on like anything. There's no casting. There's mm. no stories. There's no plan. And it's, an, it's frustrating. Yet there is, there's all this for Disney Plus shows. We had all this stuff in, in the works for Disney Plus shows. And it is what it is. Like at this point, we got to just be like, they need to own it, I think, more is my point. They need to just mm. own it. Be like, hey, Star Wars is a Disney Plus. We make series now. Because that's where they're at. From from my point of view and what they're really telling me, that's where they're at until I see otherwise.
3: Um, Thomas, I'm going to go off here real quick just because I have a couple comments on that. Um, I completely understand your sentiment on this, David. I really truly do. Um, I really truly love you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, did I just uh, nail that line, Thomas? <laughs> I one question I have, and we won't have the answer to this. I really wonder if the creators, if how many creators are coming to Lucasfilm uh, who are doing like new series uh, on Disney Plus. Are they coming to Lucasfilm to like make a series? Like Are they like, I want this to be a series? Or is it Lucasfilm telling them, well, we have an idea, or we want there to be a series. Do you have any pitches for a series? That's just a question I have. But in terms of Taika, I think what happened, I, and I said this on the podcast once, what happened was in 2020, uh, Disney Investor Day, Lucasfilm felt the need to give some guidance to the fans on what they're hope. planning on doing. Yes. Give us hope. Cause it, at that point, Mandalorian season one had come out, rise of Skywalker just ended kind of on a whimper, at least in terms of uh, critical reception. Um, definitely not financially, but it's 2020. And of course COVID's happening and we're all just kind of like, you know, we, we know actually Mandalorian season two is coming out at that point. So all we have is the Mandalorian. It's kind of like, what else are we going to do? Like, what else do you got for us? And, I don't know if the fans needed it, but I think Lucasfilm thought the fans needed some kind of guidance and some like, like, we got to tell them like what kind of direction we want to go in and just like kind of what's in, what's in the pot. Like, what do we have? Then I think they had probably just signed Taika on to write this thing. And they announced it kind of like you said, David, I think it was a little bit more, you know, had a little bit more business flair to it. A little more formal said. than that. Yeah, a little bit more formal. I think they did officially sign him on. So he said, "Yeah, I'll do it." <laughs> um, Let
4: the record show. I don't actually think no, what I laid out it. <laughs> I know.
3: Um, but they're like, "All right, cool. We'll announce it." And I he I don't think he had started the script at that point. An interview came out not long after that where he's like, "Yeah, you know, I, I'm kind of still in that like first page of like exterior space uh, on in the script." So. I genuinely think it was just a timing issue. Like we're so used to Marvel, like saying, Hey, we have this project coming out and then it actually comes out two, two years later or something, or like, it's coming really close down the pipeline or we know that the gears are turning. We know that they're casting and have a director attached and they're starting pre-production and all that. And with Lucasfilm, I just think they were in a different place. And they're just like, we got to give them something. We got to, you know, kind of tell them somewhat of our strategy right now most of that's Disney plus, but also we kind of have this going on. We have rogue squadron that we're kind of working on, you know, all very early in the process. So I just think it's a thing of Taika. He's very busy. He's doing a ton and he's still working on the script. This is the script process. This is the writing process of like, look, you know, I'm still kind of figuring out what the story is. I don't think you ever truly figure out what the story is until you're in post-production editing the thing. But even then, I don't know if you know what the story is. Um, and I'm not worried. I think this is going to happen. But like you said, David, they're focused on Disney Plus right now. They're pushing that right now. Um, And I'm okay with it. I've accepted it. And I like the idea that Star Wars movies in the theaters can be an event like it's going to have that electricity, that hype. You know, that's something I've kind of been missing from the last few MCU movies because we get so much. I like the idea if we wait a little bit longer, it's like, all right, Star Wars is back in theaters. It's going to feel like a moment. Maybe not as hype as Phantom Menace or Force Awakens when those came out, but something along those lines. So, yeah, I'm all over the place as you can tell. But Thomas, where are you at with all this? Are you as cynical as David? Are you kind of hopeful like me?
0: Let's start with Disney Plus Investor Day or whatever it was called, right? Um, (laughs) We should remember that that wasn't really originally designed for us it is called right investors day oh my god so yes. that is something that they're going to tell just their investors in my opinion the only reason we were cued into anything was covid there was no comic-con wow. there was no d23 there was nothing going on in our lives a lot of people were not in a good place in life Like a lot of people were genuinely on the verge of dying. Having people die in their lives were confined to their home. There are some people who are still confined to their homes because of their own personal health and how it relates to COVID and they in in the vaccine and all that good stuff. They literally can't go outside because they have a disorder that could cause, I don't know, them to get the worst sickness of all time and die within 30 days. There are genuine people like that. So we have to do remember that it's called Investor's Day everything they laid out was like, Oh my God, there's so much happening at the same time. Most of us were like, um, we have way more questions now about star Wars Marvel. We didn't have questions. We trust Marvel. Right. Marvel is proven everything from Disney investor day. Marvel, if I'm not mistaken, except for she Hulk has come out, right? I think that's the only I thing so. that hasn't come out, that they talked about an in investor day for Marvel star Wars we have uh uh andor coming out kenobi that has come out and ahsoka is also coming out visions i don't bad even badge. know if it i don't remember if they mentioned bad batch there but yeah bad batch so there's five things
1: either.
0: not a yeah. single movie we've heard nothing about the greatest show of all time lando and there's a bunch of other stuff that they mentioned that I don't remember. Oh, they mentioned an event crossover. They've even canceled the show. Republic isn't
4: there a droid thing. Oh,
0: yeah. Um, oh yeah. Star Wars Droid. A droid story. story. I a droid. Yeah. A droid <laughs> yeah. story Star Wars A Droid Story. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> That's supposed to focus, I think, sometimes on C3PO and R2 or whatever. Yeah. And if it's not animated, I don't understand the point of it. But, anyways. Now we have tales of the Jedi announced and coming out and footage and animations already. There's so much else happening in star Wars. That was not mentioned at investors day back to Tyka. My two things here. Is he fucking with us? He very well tight, could be. It's Maybe. a Tyka thing. You know how often he likes to troll people like, Oh yeah, no, I'll ruin. I wouldn't ruin And I can't wait to ruin Jane Foster for you in this one. It's going to be great. You know, he's just, like, hey, 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 man. Uh, my Taika impression was just so bad at first. I should have started with, hey, 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 man. I wrote the script. <laughs> I'm i trying to write the Star Wars idea at the moment. I've got to see how that goes because once I submit it, I might like, when it gets made. Or if it gets made even, I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's in the process. He made Our Flag Means Death. He's still an executive producer, technically, on What We Do in the Shadows. He's just now about to have Thor Love and Thunder come out, which has been his main focus. If I'm not mistaken, he hadn't even won the Oscar for JoJo Rabbit yet. Am I right? I don't remember. When JoJo Rabbit no, came out he, in 2020? No, it was 2019. 2019. He did win it at that point, yeah. Okay, okay. So, you know, there they, he was doing a lot as he has that Raiders soccer do. movie
3: coming out. I don't know if Next Goal wins, which was filmed I think before the pandemic and it still hasn't come out, so there's that too, just mm-hmm. to throw yeah. that there.
0: Okay, so he's got all these all these you know, uh, irons in the fire as, as they say. So he could genuinely have had this already written or he could be telling us the straight up truth. And he just hasn't had it written yet because as he's mentioned in other quotes that we've talked about on the show, it's all about toning star Wars. We just talked about the phantom menace. I think we can all agree that there are few moments in that movie that have the exact tone of star Wars that we all know and love. I could argue it's because it's at a time period that we literally will never see again in a live action version. I don't think we'll ever go back to Phantom Menace era live action. So it's like, okay, fair, but you still have to land it. Need proof? Solo. Need proof? Uh, Rise of Skywalker. Like uh, the sequel trilogy. A lot of what people love about the sequel trilogy is like, well, at least they get the tone of Star Wars, right? You make a good tone, people will forgive it easier. Except for me, apparently. Sorry, Reza Skywalker. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he's made this. And I do. I, I have no fucking idea if this will ever come out. And if it doesn't, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry a lot. But he is about to do an episode in season three of Mando. So he is still working on things coming forward with Star Wars. So there's there is hope, but hope is all I have. Yeah. That was very long did I apologize.
3: <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, look, it, you you mentioned it, or you said it. Like, they have to land it, and coming off a sequel trilogy, the sequel trilogy of the Skywalker saga, that didn't land for a ton of people, you have to get it right. And I think they want to get it right, and so I have no problem with them taking their time. Uh, special guest George Lucas is in here. He he has some thoughts about Lucasfilm uh, and what they're doing uh, with the saga. George, what, what do you have to say? Oh yeah, you know, you know, Kathy's just kind of fucking up my franchise. You know, whatever. You, you know, it, the whole point was Darth Vader. He was the saga, and you know, Disney. You know, Bob Iger, I I trusted him, but you know, it is what it is. Misa poopa Good night. Thanks, George. <laughs> Thank you, George. Thank you, George, so much. That was that was great stuff. Great stuff. I can't
0: um, believe we got quick, him, dude. You know. Well, you know,
3: I thought we'd be casual about it. I thought we'd be casual. Like, no biggie. It's just George Lucas. He's just making movies for his family.
0: Like, it's still a biggie. You remember when Matt called us out earlier for saying he'd never come on our show? (laughs) Nerd. Yeah, what the fuck, man?
1: (laughs) Take it easy. What's this (laughs)
3: reckless rebellion? What the hell? Um, This is something that we don't really need to talk about uh, for, like, like, we don't need to talk about it at length. It's just something that I wanted to mention personally. According to data from Samba TV, the number of Disney Plus users watching the finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi surpassed that of the Book of Boba Fett's final episode. While Book of Boba drew about 1.5 million viewers in a five-day time span with its finale, Kenobi did 20% better with 1.8 million in the same time frame. This makes Kenobi's concluding episode the highest-viewed Star Wars finale yet on Disney Plus. Uh, the season one finale of Loki is still the most viewed Disney Plus finale overall, with 1.9
0: million viewers over five days. So, just kind of
3: want to throw those uh, statistics at data
0: out at everybody. Cool, David. Thoughts? You're a box office guy. What do you think <laughs> about these home office statistics? Home
4: <laughs> office stats? Um, I think mean, it's interesting. Does this is it saying that Book of Boba Fett's finale was the highest Star Wars finale?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Up Not until Obi One. Yeah.
4: Well interesting i i guess that's just because of the subscriber count on disney plus um
0: and mando and baby grogu i mean I yeah
4: think. right this the connection the right. connected mm. tissue there like it was kind of mando 2.5 um pretty interesting uh loki does not surprise me it remains number one um i feel like that show really had the grasp of like the public eye more than like any other clearly more than any other disney plus show more than any other marvel disney plus show specifically because i know um, on the same topic, and it's interesting because you know they're very closely connected because they released in the same day. I think Miss Marvel, um, I think, has the lowest uh, viewership rate so far of any yeah. Marvel Disney Plus show, um, which is a shame because I love that show, but also not too surprising. I actually almost, I, <clears throat> the one thing I think I'm most surprised about is that Obi Wan's wasn't higher. Uh, I could almost see. I, I feel like because he is, it's Darth Vader. It is a legacy character. I could have seen where it was even higher, 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 um, but it's not surprising. It's the highest so far, um, and I'm I, still, I'm still not surprised. Loki's number one because I feel like that show everyone collectively was more into somehow. Right.
3: Um, I will say I think part of the reason, not the entire reason, but partly uh, why Obi Wan, because I expect Obi Wan to do better as well. Um, I wouldn't have been shocked if it beat Loki. Um, just because this is Obi-Wan Kenobi, this is Darth Vader. But it did have a Miss Marvel episode come out the same day, and it had Multiverse of Madness drop on Disney Plus the same day. So yep. I don't know how it much exactly. those affected uh, the viewership, but I'm sure it played some kind of factor.
0: Yeah, that's it, a good point. It definitely did, because I know people <laughs> who watched Multiverse of Madness um, because they were waiting on family to get back into town before they watched Kenobi. They didn't watch it until over mm. a week later. I watched – the. I did my binge – before they watch the finale. So I do I, yeah. it's, it's a thing. Here's another thing to think about. A lot of people like I don't I don't know if families were watching Loki the same way, right? Families is exactly what this show is kind of about, Kenobi and Star Wars. So yeah, mm-hmm. having all these things drop on Disney plus at the same day very much I think affected it. Um, and you know it's I mean what is it? 0. 0.1 million OA, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's it's not not, very, yeah. It's not yeah. far. And if you think about it, if, say, you only had that come out, I think that's where people go and only go.
4: I think, too, uh, just with, like, TV in general, like, unlike a movie, there's less, like, we like these stats talking about, like, within five days or whatever, there's less, it's less pressure to go see this immediately for general audiences than it is for, right. like, a movie. I feel. Like, I feel like for a movie – you, there's an excitement to go and see it opening night. For this, I think a lot of people still wait on Disney Plus shows, then like binge them a little bit as they go. So, uh, yeah, not surprising stats, but interesting nonetheless. Thanks, Jack, for uh, that little yeah. tidbit.
3: Uh, I love how I said we didn't need to talk about it all that much. And we still, we just found a way, guys. I love us. I love the Rebellion. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, if you want to know all the latest about the Star Wars universe, be sure to check out thedirect.com. And everybody, cite your damn sources, please.
4: Fantastic. Love to hear
0: it. (laughs) You can find this (laughs) insane podcast on Twitter at Reckless Rebels, R-E-C-K-L-E-S-S, R-E-B-E-L-S. Jack, Jack, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jack Pughes, P-U-E-S,
3: all one word. David.
4: You find me at David Thompson. That's two A's in the David on Twitter. Um, I'm also now co-host of The Direct Podcast, which Fuck is very yeah. exciting for me. Um, so go check that out if you haven't already. The Direct Podcast. Um, everything you need to need to know about the universes you love. It's pretty cool. I get to say that now. So uh, yeah. yeah Robert, catchphrase. Me and Matt Rimke, who was just in this podcast, uh, we have probably by the time this is posting, it's out now a full episode of me on it. And then also a Thor primer episode um, that should be out. So yeah, check it out, man. Lots going on. Miss Marvel reviews, Thor's coming out, a ton of MCU stuff, obviously keeping up with Andor when
0: that starts. So uh yeah, a lot going on. Very exciting. You can find me on Twitter at TC Rochester act. That is T C R O C H E S T E R A C T. I also do a whole nother podcast called light thunder action that, uh, David used to be on, and then he left me to go get paid, which I don't fucking blame him. Uh, <laughs> he actually left to go be a coach, and then he was like, oh, I'd rather podcast for money than be a coach. And I, again, I don't blame him. Uh, but Lights Thunder <laughs> Action every Monday live on your uh, in your homes and phones via our Lights Thunder Action Facebook uh, and the HWWS Web TV channel on Twitter and YouTube. Um, it's with our good friend, john ross bradford jrb uh every week we're currently talking the boys season three and miss marvel season one uh it seems like there could be a second season for that we dive into marvel dc pop culture ip and the latest happenings in the film industry we're gonna jump right on into recommendations for the audience we'll start with you period period Sorry, <laughs> we'll start with you, David, and we're done. Jack, Jack, he, <laughs> he took mine. That fucker. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah,
3: this Period. I guess um, that movie's fantastic. Awesome, awesome. Butler, give him the Oscar. I mean, we gotta see what else comes out, but geez, he crushed it. That I said it on my Instagram story. I think that movie is the definition of electric. Like I, look, I'm a tap dancer. I love the dance, and there are so many times when he's on stage in that movie. And I turned to my dad and said, that's what it feels like. What you're feeling right now watching him be on stage, that's what it feels like when I'm doing my recital, just tap, tapping away. Um, I, like, so many times I kind of almost got up out of my seat. My feet were shaking. My hands were shaking. Like, I, I felt like <laughs> Elvis watching the movie. So good. Um, awesome. I guess another quick recommendation, uh, Stranger Things Volume 2 comes out in less than two hours. Yeah. Amazing.
4: Yeah, I think Thomas. Nothing.
0: No. He, watch the boys. Done. Watch oh, Ms. Yeah, Marvel. The boys. The boys I was, is going. I, I, I was not gonna lie. I was like, what have I fucking watched lately? Outside of Star <laughs> Wars, I watch a lot of Star Wars. Kids, shocker. Phantom. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, the boys season three. I was just sent a message. That time of recording, nine thirty nine p.m. Central Standard Time. Episode seven is out right now. It came out early. So um, that's gonna be a lot of fun to dive into. Watch the boys, watch Ms. Marvel, check out all these podcasts that all these smart people are on. And um, yeah, join us next week when we dive into episode two, Attack of the Clones. And I'm gonna be real honest. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and apologize to our fans. We usually are far more positive overall on this show. It was a very negative show. I tried to keep it positive on The Phantom Menace. You heard what happened when I lost my temper. Uh, I don't know how next week's going to go. None of us (laughs) like attack of the clones. I think we're just only going to talk about the good stuff because the bad stuff's not worth talking about. That is my official decree, (laughs) and we're just going to talk about Obi-Wan and (laughs) Kamino. It's one of them. And of course, Geonosis. Click, clack. Of course.
3: Um, Maybe we get Kleinfeld to do like a little disclaimer before this episode in Attack of the Clones next week. Just be like, guys, we're very negative this week and maybe next week. uh, There's a lot of cursing. There's a lot of being reckless, but that's what the show is. Enjoy.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. He'll put a positive twist on it. What happened to us, man? We were so positive. I don't know. It's good. Sentients and droids, we've reached the end of this very long, crazy episode. You could say that this episode was a phantom menace under our skins. Remember, the Force is your ally and a powerful ally it is. Mm -hmm. We've spoken. Get some twin sunlight and stay hydrated, kids. It's very important. This was podcasting.
1: (sighs) Yippee! Yippee! Are you an angel?
5: I am an angel. Thank you very much, little Annie.
2: What? I'll be talking about Thor Love and Thunder for the next 7 days because it's all I can think about and it's a very good movie. Mm. Yes, That's sir. That's exciting. yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, Thomas, you're going to fucking love it, dude. I'm literally <laughs> shaking in my Thor vest
0: right now. <laughs> I, know, I can't wait.
2: Like, I thought about that two or three times watching it last night. <laughs> Thomas is going to love this. <laughs> like,
0: <yeah.
4: laughs> I know. I'm upset. Well, know I'm not seeing you with Probably Thomas opening night, honestly. Come we in. Saw, we saw.
0: <laughs> Come in. I bought my ticket today. I'll, I'll refund it and get a new one. <laughs>
4: Hey, I but, already got all the tickets lined up for the, the
2: IMAX. David goes to the movies with eight people a time.
0: Like, true. You're not gonna, true. Yeah. Yeah. Thomas. Yeah.
2: Thomas is very aware of this.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Remember when we took 10 to Venom? What a, what a moment oh, in we history. We took a
2: lot to up every carnage, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> really, uh, yes. Venom is better than Venom 2. I'll tell you that right now. Oh,
0: oh, Attack oh, of the Clones is lot. better than Venom 2. <laughs>
2: that's a good debate.
4: I don't know. That's there to be had. I don't
2: know.
0: What's the redeemable
2: Anyways, part of Attack of the Clothes?
0: Anything Obi-Wan. And the enough, first Obi-Wan. battle of Geonosis.
2: Especially Obi-Wan sitting at that diner with that guy, and as the other guy's talking, he's just like
1: <gasps> <laughs> Obi-Wan. <laughs> just, it's just, it's oh, time,
2: he's just like, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan does so much coke in Star Wars, man, it's crazy, <laughs> it's crazy. We don't talk about it enough because he's so no. nice in English, but like, he's just kind of bobbing his head around. He's never with anybody. He's always it's by himself, bestics, especially in Phantom Menace where he's like, yeah, no, stay on the ship. Yeah, all right,
3: you know, I'll stay <laughs> on the <this> ship, <laughs> Fun fact, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney Plus is all about him going through withdrawals. That's the whole point right. of the show. Right,
2: and, and mm.
3: cocaine withdrawals is definitely just chasing a little girl and not being
2: able to grab her. <laughs> That Let's is her, so <laughs>
1: out
0: <of> context. <laughs> Kids, don't do drugs. Definitely don't use death sticks. Definitely don't do spice. Don't
2: grab little girls. Don't,
1: don't do, do spice. Anyone. Definitely don't, don't do, do the spice. Don't grab anyone without consent. Amen.